everybody we are live truly yes we are live wow this does sound different <laughs> welcome it is that time matt connerton unleashed we are back live from the studios the brand new studios of wmnh 95.3 fm in glorious manchester new hampshire and we will uh, talk about that uh in a moment but uh i am not alone this morning Jenny is here, of course. Of course. Good morning, darling. Good morning. This is gorgeous. What's that? I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I we're in it. the uh, we are in the brand new uh, studio here uh, of WMNH at our new location in Canal Street, and everything is uh, new and clean and uh, really nice. So uh, so we've been gone for a little while. This show's been gone for uh, for a bit. You know, we had the holidays, and um, and then of course we had the big move uh, to the new location, and. Uh, uh, somewhere in there, I had COVID. <laughs> I, after uh, I, I dodged it for nearly three years that I, that, I, that I know of. I mean, I'm vaccinated, so I probably did have it along the way and didn't know it. But it finally got me. It put me down for a few days. But uh, yeah, so you know, I'm fine now. Obviously, that was that was during the uh, the holidays. That was that's how I spent my New Year's, uh, <laughs> unconscious. But uh, <laughs> true story. But it, it is true. It is true. Uh, but yeah, so we are in the new location on Canal Street and uh, yeah, really nice. But if the show seems a little, um, if I seem uncertain at any point, I'll just throw that uh, disclaimer out there. It's because we're in new environs, uh, but really happy to be back. Of course, uh, while I was here last night uh, for uh, Retro Spectrum Radio with Polly C, uh, we were broadcasting and uh, that went really well. And uh, if you didn't, uh, if you didn't hear the show, of course, you can Get it in the archive at WMNHradio.org. You can go back and listen to it. But uh, so this is uh, this is great. Uh, it, it sounds everything sounds a little bit different, of course, in the new studio. And we have some new equipment and um, sounds really good in the headphones, though. It definitely it definitely does. Now, did you request um, the sound panels to be read? I, I can't no, help but notice they're at your favorite. Yeah, color. we have the, the panels in the studio. Uh, some of them are red. Some of them are gray. Uh, red is my favorite color, so I do like it. These are my high school colors. I do actually. like the red. Yeah. The, the cranberry. No, it looks it looks really good in here. Everything's uh, everything's really nice. Uh, so we are, of course, broadcasting from uh, WMNH ninety five point three on your FM dial. If you are local in Manchester, we changed physical locations. Uh, but uh, the frequency is the same, 95.3. And, of course, uh, you can stream it. Uh, you can go to WMNHradio.org and click Listen Live. And, of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all your live streaming options. That's another way to get there. 
Um, we are not on Facebook this morning. I thought we were going to be. <laughs> so damnedest thing. So last night uh, for Retrospectrum Radio, we weren't able to be on Facebook. Uh, we tried, but Facebook was being glitchy. I don't think it has anything to do with any of the uh, technology here in the studio. I think it's just Facebook being Facebook. So then Peter White was here this morning to let us in and uh, help us get set up for our first show in the new place. And he was able to get on. He had no problem uh, uh, getting uh, logging into Facebook uh, to broadcast. But then when I went to do it, it won't let me do it. I'm having the same issue that Paul was last night. So uh, Facebook being Facebook. But uh, you can, of course, uh, stream the show online at wmnhradio.org. Uh, or, of course, like I said, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, and uh, get to it that way, too. That will uh, take you to the link uh, so you can stream it. You can stream it uh, on your computer, on your mobile device, wherever your heart desires. And, of course, like I said, if you're local here in Manchester, you can uh, you can get us at 95.3 FM. Um, a little bit of uh, just another thing, too, about today's show. Um, you know, since we uh, moved to Saturday mornings, we've been doing very busy, very stacked shows. You know, we're here for three hours on Saturday. And, um, you know, a lot of guests, you know, we try to have like a different, a lot of musical guests. We try to have a different musical guest each hour and so forth. Um, today's show is a little more laid back, actually a lot more laid back. Again, just because we're in the new studio, I wanted to keep it kind of light this morning. So um, as we get used to our, our new environment here. So we do have guests uh, coming in in the second hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, first hour is just Jenny and I, and uh, we're going to um, we're going to be uh, having uh, my my old friend Derek Smith. Who uh, uh, I, well, we'll we'll talk about how Derek and I know each other when when he gets here, and I think he's going to have one or two other people with him because tonight at the Mosaic Art Collective, it's collective, right? Correct. I always want to say studio, Mosaic but no, Mosaic Art Collective. The Mosaic Art Collective. My there's new a favorite show. fascination. Yeah, uh, there's a show there tonight. Uh, Abner the second and um, which a, is awesome. A band, yeah, uh, who, who has been on the show, who played yep, live yep. in studio. He uses a viola and does looping. Yeah, really, really, really cool. cool. Yeah, what what he does is quite unique. Um, and uh, also, a band called Regals is going to be there, and we're going to play uh, over the course of the show today. We're going to play a little bit of music from uh, both of those artists, um, but they're going to be playing tonight at the Mosaic Art Collective, and Jenny and I are going to that. Um, we, uh, that'll be the second time that we've been there for a show. Plus we went to that, um, event we went to about, this, yes, about the, uh, AI. They do a lot of things there, which we'll get into later, but yeah, yeah, that, that was really interesting. We did. We went there to talk about AI in art, which is creeping into every aspect of art actually. Yes. It's oh, true. and, uh, Melanie has decided that you must be in Facebook jail and it's all your fault. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. By the way, uh, yeah. So that uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be talking to uh, uh, talking to some people uh, from there uh, today on the show, um, and we'll get into, into some other stuff too. But the phone line is open. The studio line is open. If you are listening live, so give us a call six zero three two five zero six zero zero seven six zero three two five zero six zero zero seven is the studio line. You can also text us at 617-917-4476. Uh, I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can hit me that way. And if I see it during the show, I will uh, read your comment or inquiry. Uh, of course, you can email me anytime, matt at mattconnerton.com. Um, but uh, the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is give us a call. 603-250-6007, 603 uh, let's see. 
Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention now that we're back. Actually, yes. I am now officially taking bookings. Yes. We are actually, yes. So time slots are actually filling up fairly quickly. So if you are wanting to guest on the show and share your creations, get in touch with me. And how uh, how can they do that? Um, telepathy won't work, right? Nope. Uh, Not a what thing. What about like, oh, I want smoke signal. Nope. All right. Well, then I guess they'll have to email me at jencoffee16 at gmail.com. J-E-N-N-C-O-F-F-E-Y 16 at gmail.com. When uh, uh, William uh, from Sepsis was here the last time, he mentioned something about New England uh, telepathy, but I don't think that's really a thing. Now, wait a minute. How dare you disparage New Englanders? You are one. No, I'm saying New England telepathy. I don't think that's real. Now, of course it is. Telekinesis, perhaps. Yeah, no, what do you think it is that makes everybody's memories go away when, when they right before the first snow, and then when the first snow hits, they've all forgotten how to drive. What does that have that to do with telepathy? Ne- it's men- it's connection. Ah, uh, no. It's un- yes, it's all over New England. It's it's yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. By the way, we, we did, are all connected in New England. We did play a sepsis song to open the show today, too. I uh, played uh, Romance and Reality, their newest single. And, we, of course, we played uh, Unicycle, the yes. radio edit from uh, Jerry and the Scumbags, uh, yes. a, a band that uh, is particularly near and dear uh, to my heart. Um, let me give the uh, studio line one more time, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Uh, we do, we, uh, sorry, what? Oh, lots of love from sepsis, of course. Yes, yes. I've, been, I've spoke to them yesterday. Yes. They were very excited that we were bringing in the peeps again. Yes, the peeps. Peeps, the peoples. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, <laughs> some, uh, interesting music news. <laughs> oh? Uh, yes. Uh, Dare say. Do, are, are you familiar with uh, uh, the, this uh, uh, older uh, lady? Uh, she goes by the name uh, Madonna. Who? Uh, Madonna. She's named Who? She's named after the mother of our Lord, you know. But uh, <laughs> but she also... Okay, the reason I make that reference is because I cannot... I can't, whenever I think of Madonna, of course I'm talking about Madonna, the, the musical artist. Um, whenever I think of Madonna, I, I immediately uh, think back to uh, when uh, when we were kids and uh, church chat was a, a recurring sketch on Saturday Night Live. Uh, the church lady played yes. by, by Dana Carvey and and the uh, uh, the guest uh, one week was Sean Penn. And uh, Sean Penn at that time was married to Madonna. So, the, you know, the church lady says something about you're married to uh, a woman who is named after our Lord. <laughs> Or something like that. So that's that's what I what I think of whenever I think of Madonna. Um, no, uh, Madonna, of course, uh, the musician who was uh, popular in the 1980s and has had a lot of uh, plastic surgery. Have you know, s- when I think of her, I think of pointy breasts. Oh, the uh, the the cones. Yes, the yeah. cones with the crown. Yes. Well, uh, apparently she is being sued. Uh, this is from uh, you know I like the BBC because uh, they I don't I don't know I feel like they uh, do a better job than a lot of American media <laughs> just in general <laughs> but uh, but you can find this anywhere of course if you just Google Madonna but the BBC reporting Madonna sued by fans in New York over late concert start time have you ever heard of such a thing uh, uh, I have not uh, these uh, these Madonna fans are revolting uh, they're very upset that she started late well. It's, it's there's late and then there's 
holy crap, there's no more public transport late. I mean, well, that's true, and that is a problem in New York City. Now, I have to assume that none of these people have ever been to a Guns N' Roses concert uh, because uh, (laughs) you don't know when Axl Rose is going to finally emerge. Although I think he's gotten better in his old age. He's actually gotten better about that in his old age. Has he really gone two hours, though? Like, has he gone two hours? Axl Rose? Oh, there are, there are stories. Really? Yeah. But mm. but but from back back in the day, as I think the young people say. No, I think he's gotten a lot better about that now. I don't think he does that now. <laughs> but when he was <laughs> when he was younger, yeah, he just he'd he'd make he'd make them wait. But uh so this is what now, by the way, this is not a large scale sort of class action lawsuit. It says here two Madonna fans are suing. Uh, the singer for being late by more than two hours for a show last month in New York, according to court documents. Uh, they state uh, the show was meant to start at uh, 2.30 uh, Eastern, which would be, I'm sorry, well, it, uh, that threw me off. It's written as 20.30 Eastern, which would actually be, of course, uh, 8.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, yeah, it's the BBC. They do things all uh, British. Um, on all three nights, uh, but in each case, it did not begin until after 22:30, which would be 10:30, uh, ending uh, around 1 a.m. Uh, the case says they quote would not have paid for tickets unquote had they known it would finish so late. Uh, the BBC has asked Madonna, Live Nation, and the Barclays Center for comment. The case, brought by Michael Fellows and Jonathan Haddon states that, quote, many ticket holders who attended concerts on a weeknight had to get up early to go to work and or take care of their uh, family responsibilities the next day, unquote. They are suing promoter Live Nation and venue the Barclays Center for, quote, false advertising, negligent misrepresentation, and unfair and deceptive trade practices, unquote. Uh, Fellows and Haddon attended the show on Wednesday, thir- uh, the uh, uh, again, it's the BBC. Everything's written weird. Uh, let me uh, 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 December thirteenth. I'll just give you the date. Well, the, the way this is written, it literally says Wednesday. It's not English, it, it, right? Yeah, it, 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 well, it may be the Queen's English, but you know, listen. Well, uh, can, can, I, English now. can I just say this? You no. know, here in America, we speak American, and that's Stop it. Stop it. We speak American, so this is difficult Stop for me it. to uh, read this this way. Uh, this is what, l- let me also just add this, okay? Oh, this no. this is a perfect example of why we fought the Revolutionary War. Really? We don't usually, we don't get political on this show anymore, but I just want to throw that in. This is why, because of, because, because of the way this is <laughs> I'm written. I'm going to go throw tea. Because this is written, <laughs> they attended the show on Wednesday, 13 December, 2023. That's how it's written. That's, well, that's how, they, how you're supposed to write the date. Apparently, in the BBC. Mm. By the way, uh, isn't Wednesday 13 a band? They do drive on the wrong side of the road. So that's confusing to me. Well, yes, that's they why do. They have the wrong date. Yes. Yes, it's backwards. Uh, uh, the legal documents <laughs> note uh, that other nights at the same venue on 14 and 16 December, that's how it's written, uh, also reportedly started more than two hours late. Uh, the document uh, says, quote, defendants failed to provide any notice to the ticket holders that the concerts would start much later than the start time printed on that ticket and as advertised, which resulted in the ticket holders waiting for hours, unquote. The court papers also say Madonna, quote, has a long history of arriving and starting her concerts late, sometimes several hours late, unquote. I didn't know that. So she's uh, just like Axl Rose. 
Uh, citing examples including, quote, her 2016 Rebel Heart Tour, her 2019-2020 Madam X Tour, and prior tours, where Madonna continuously started her concerts over two hours late, unquote. No. This is a, a problem. This is a, she, she's, she's a habitual offender. Looking to our British brothers and sisters, they're reporting uh, the, in the, the I have no, uh, I, I disown them. I'm very <laughs> upset about this whole thing with the dates. Oh, God, stop. The Guardian is reporting that this is not the first time she's actually been sued over being late to her concert. In 2009 and 2020, she was sued by concert goers who felt scorned by her lack of punctuality. Well. Scorned. Yeah. You gotta love the well, British writing. Well, I mean, it is, uh, it is rude. It's rude. Well, it, you know, and in all fairness, it is. I mean, if you're, if you're expecting to get out of a concert at like 10... 11 o'clock at night when the trains are still running and the buses are still running or whatever, and you're going to get home, whatever, you know, but if you're getting out at one o'clock in the morning and these same services are no longer available in the overnight hours, which is what some of these people are talking about. Mm -hmm. There are people who got like kind of trapped to figure out on how the heck to get home. Mm -hmm. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. No. In a city like New York. Yeah. That's uh, obviously you got a really good reason. That's a huge issue. I mean, it's not like there's something bad. Like if she got in an accident or plane got late, something that's beyond our control, understandable. Yeah. But if it's just because you feel like it yeah. or, you know, you're that diva, uh, no. Not just I'm New on York. Their side. I'm on their side. Yeah. Any any metropolitan area where you're dependent on public uh, transportation, yeah, that's going to cause a real problem for you. Um, if You know, I mean, I... I, it's it hasn't happened to me, but I, I've known people, you know, who go to shows in Boston that for some reason run ridiculously late, and then they, you know, and then they have trouble getting uh, getting on the subway. But then you um, know, also if you're a parent, this is your your night key. out. You've got a <laughs> you've got a babysitter at home who's got school the next day, expecting to be home at eleven o'clock at night. I'm less, and I, they're not getting out of the venue until one a.m. Yeah, I'm a little less sympathetic to that argument, only because hey. I mean, well, uh, only because. You know, I mean, the, the, the transportation issue is is uh, something, is one thing, but, you know, it, uh, you you kind of, I mean, it is kind of baked into the cake that if you're going to a concert, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna be late. You just don't Not expect that. to be, but you don't, you don't want to be so late that you can't uh, get home. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you against the parents here? Do you no, have I'm any not against it. I just said I'm less sympathetic to that argument. You have any? You see, you don't have any idea how hard it is as a parent. I don't to get time off to get tickets to get a babysitter if you got pets, whatever it is. Get all of these things lined up so you can have those couple of hours out. Well, most people when they hire babysitters, there are other kiddos who got to go to school the next day, and you can't be sending them home at two, three o'clock in the morning. Well, this is the reason. Remember, you give them time to get home. This is the entire reason why I never wanted to start a family. Why I <laughs> I have no children of my own, and I I decided at a young age I I, I have no uh, I have no interest in being a father uh, specifically because uh, if I ever I knew I knew from I, this is something I understood about myself from a young age if I ever wanted to attend a Madonna or a Guns N' Roses concert. <laughs> Uh, the children uh, were just going to drag me down because then I'd have to be worried about, uh, you know, the babysitter getting home for them. So I said, you know what? I just can't have kids. Um, what was that? Oh, my. Did you, what, what was that sound? Did you hear that? It sounded like a train horn. It, we it, are near a it, track. It actually, yeah, maybe it was. We are on street level now. Like That's have, true. 
Well, that's exciting. We have a, a crazy cool new building. We yes. Can see stuff. And you know what? We can see stuff, but the people outside can't see it. Mm. So you can make like silly faces and they won't see you. Uh, it says here the uh, plaintiffs are suing for unspecified damages. Uh, this is not the first time fans have expected, I'm sorry, I've objected to the singer being late for her shows. And in 2019, a fan sued over a delay for a U.S. show, but he voluntarily dismissed the case a month later, according to ABC News. In the same year, Madonna had shared a post of her live on stage in which she told fans, quote, there's something you all need to understand, and that is that a queen is never late, unquote. Oh, come on. Oh, my. So That's such a... So when she graces us with excuse. her presence That's such on her own time, because she's the queen. Stinks. That's yes. not a good excuse. Uh, Madonna's sold-out... going to knight myself. I can be late everywhere now. Her sold-out celebration tour was a greatest hits show, including more than 40 songs from her career to celebrate the 40th anniversary of her breakout single, Holiday, playing venues including the U.S., Canada, and Europe. The singer had a health scare. Oh, I'd forgotten about this. She had a health scare last summer after she was uh, found unconscious in her New York apartment in June and rushed to the hospital where she received treatment for a serious bacterial infection. She later said she was lucky to be alive and postponed the start of the tour from July to October last year. See, now that's different. That's way beyond her control. Sure. You know, don't die. We want you to play, not die. That is beyond her control. But to simply be late, offer no ex ex explanation, anything like that. Yeah, you just screwed up a whole bunch of people. I mean, how many thousands of people were there? Right. You know what I mean? And it's a weeknight. See, it's a weeknight really kicks me. Because it really messes up everybody. Uh-huh. Um, but this is a, a, a good example, too, of why, and um, this is advice that no one will probably take, but you should, if, if you're going to buy tickets to um, to a show, and there's another reason why I say this, you should um, always, before you buy those tickets, no matter how excited you are, just do some Quick, light research so you know exactly what you're getting into. There's an element of buyer beware to this, and I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, so somebody like, see, I didn't know this about Madonna. I just knew it about Guns N' Roses because of Axl Rose. But, you know, but I've also never been interested in seeing Madonna live. So, uh, but, you know, you want to know. You, poke your eye out. You kind of want to know what you're getting into because, um if it's if it's an artist who is notorious for being late, you 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 know if it's going to be a problem for you, potentially, like if you have kids and you know you've you, you've got a babysitter and you've got to be home at a certain time, you know you're you're going to want to know that before you buy those tickets. Especially, I assume she's charging outrageous sums of money because all major artists do. But the other reason I I, I there's an unrelated reason that I I always say this to people too. Um, that has nothing to do with punctuality. There are a lot of, um, if you're seeing, you you especially see this with um, classic rock bands, um, 70s, you know, rock bands, 80s rock bands. Um, and, and I suppose at this point, some 90s bands as well. Um, you know, if you're going to see a band and you're someone who is concerned about who's knowing who's actually in the band, for example, um, or, you know, are they, uh, <laughs> are, how, how are, how are they doing on stage? Are the shows good? Uh, or are they uh, stumbling out there addled with drugs and alcohol or whatever? 
Guns you know, and Roses. It's it's worth well, uh, it, but it's. I mean, worth, that was their issue back then. If you go well, to back their then, concert, sure, yeah. So if you were going to that concert, you knew, you yeah. knew what to expect. Back then, yeah. Now, now they're all pretty clean, I think. But um, they fried their livers too much to not be. Yeah, you get to a point where you you can't My liver do that anymore, or you'll die. But but the reason I say this is, there's a lot of bands now. And, and some people get upset and they don't realize what they're getting into. So I'll, I'll just give you an example. If you say uh, Foreigner, this is a perfect example. Say Foreigner is touring. If you're someone who's particularly concerned about who's actually going to be on stage, um, there's so many examples of this, but Foreigner is a great example. If you're someone who's concerned about who's actually going to be on stage when you go to see them, is, is it going to be any semblance of the original lineup, the one you grew up with, the one that you love. Is Lou Graham going to be singing? Spoiler alert, he is not. Uh, Kelly Hansen, I think, has been singing for Foreigner probably for at least two decades now, longer than Lou Graham was ever even in the band. Um, you know, you're going to want to do some, it, it'll take you two minutes. Just do some quick light research before you buy those tickets. If you're someone who is concerned about that. Now, the average consumer, I don't think cares, but let me just tell you, if you go to see Foreigner, um, there's nobody in that band on that stage who is an original member at this point. Um, even, um, what's his name? Is it Mick Jones? I always get his, get the name wrong. I did not know this. The guitar player. What's the guitar player's name? Oh, I, Something Jones. Is you it, know I stink. I, I feel like it's Mick Jones, but I'm not sure. Anyway. The I could never play Nine at Nine. The guitar player... Um, in Foreigner, actually now manages the band. And he, does, he doesn't even want to be on stage. The original guitar player? Yeah, yeah. He, he, no he, so he's still, he's still part of the band, but not on stage. Uh, he runs the band. He acts as crazy. tour manager, but he, lets, but he lets them go out on stage and perform. He doesn't want to perform he's anymore. He's body up enough. But right, but he's still, you know, so he's still making that money. Interesting thing, a number of years ago, Foreigner went on a tour with Cheap Trick, but uh, Cheap Trick's management insisted that the guitar player had to actually participate in um, a certain percentage of the shows. Oh, they wanted at least one original Yeah, guy. yeah. Smart move um, on their part. Things like that happen Jeez. when in, uh, what was it, 2004 or 2005, when Kiss and Aerosmith did their co-headlining tour, um, they Aerosmith actually closed out every show. Kiss was on first and then Aerosmith. So they weren't really co-headlining because, you know, whoever goes on last is truly the headliner. So really Aerosmith was the headliner and Kiss was the opener. They called it a co-headlining tour because they're both... But Gene wouldn't very, very, like that. But the thing is... So, um, How dare you say such things? Well, the thing is, though, Aerosmith management, when they put that deal together, they had leverage because Aerosmith had all five original members, whereas Kiss had a uh, a different guitar player because Ace Fraley had left the band again. So they had Tommy Thayer on guitar. So when they were putting the the, the deal for the tour together, which Doc McGee, uh, the manager of Kiss, who's still the manager of Kiss today, he really wanted that tour. He really wanted that tour. So so he agreed, you know, okay, so Kiss will open all the shows. We're going to call it co-headliner. They're going to play the same amount of time, but Kiss is going to open every night because Aerosmith had had all five original members and Kiss only had three of the four original members. So Aerosmith had that leverage. 
Um, but I'm just saying, if you're someone who, because, you know, every once in a while I'll see people online, oh, I went to see such and such band and I didn't even recognize anybody on the stage. Check it out first. Do some light research. There are, there have been instances where this is something I'd have to do a little deeper research to really get into the subject in depth, but we'll do it on a future show because it is a fascinating subject. I think there was a point where remember the band LA guns? Yes. The ballad of Jane was like their big massive we hit, saw but, them. They, but they had a few other hits. Oh, that's right. Edgewise opened for LA we guns. At, right, them. right here, right over there. <laughs> right. Right. Because yeah, we're, literally we're, we're, next door to us we're on now. canal street now. So right across the street at jewel. That's right. I that's forgot right. about that. Um, there was a point where there were two versions of LA guns touring at the same time. One with Tracy guns and one other version with, I think no the, the, the singer and it was, yeah. And, and of course, and oh, that's crazy. Yeah. How yeah. do you know now she is, you have to be a deep fan to know which concert to go to or well, like whose side are you on? That's I'm going why, to this guy's or that guy's. That's why I tell everybody if no it matters kidding. to you, if it matters to you. And by the, like I said, too, you know, to the average, no clue to the average concert goer who just likes going to a concert, they probably don't even care. And that's what the industry depends on. That's what these these bands who do this, that's what they depend on. You don't care who's in the band, so it doesn't matter. And everybody's replaceable. But if you do care. Do the research and, and to kind of circle back to the Madonna thing again, you know, it's going to be the real Madonna unless it's an AI version of Madonna or something, but, um, but do the research. If you're concerned about what time you're going to be getting out of that venue, do the research. I don't think it's going to be too far that we're not looking at, look at it. Is that AI? Is that not AI? I mean, isn't Kiss supposed to be setting up something like that? Yeah. The, the, uh, avatars. Yeah. Uh, and that's all. It's, it's basically it's AI. Yeah. So yeah, we welcome to the twenty second century. Twenty first. No, not yet. Okay. No. I have to say though, I love living in my Jetsons world. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. Remember when you were a kid, you watched that stuff. Now, now we have it. Well, now we can, sort of. We're not. Oh, come on, the screen comes up and, and we're chit chat. All right, I yeah. don't have my car in a suitcase yet. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. But I do have. The screen come up and somebody there and we can go yeah yeah um but uh i don't know why i mean i don't know how this lawsuit's gonna end up but i assume you know just uh just refund their money right something you, you would yeah, think they would just I do mean, that Hopefully nothing really, really bad happened because of this. I right. Mean, there's a huge difference between getting out of a venue around 11 o'clock and getting out at 1 a.m. There really is a big difference between them. Yeah. And I don't blame people for being upset. If there was no good reason given, it doesn't sound like they gave any reason. Well, well it's, if well, something happened. In her defense, I mean, she had that post from a while ago when she said, uh, you know, she's the, the, the queen. Yeah, that's not good enough. She's never late. Yeah, no, that's Queen Latifah <laughs> shows up on time, and she is the queen. Of course, so, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't think that's good enough. No, I think you owe your fans something when they're gonna come spend all that money to come see you and spend money on all your merch. I wonder if she sings live. Can you imagine standing? Like for well, for me, I it would never happen. I could have never, if you had seats that were ground level, everybody st- standing. Or you're no seat. What if you're on the floor? There's no seat. You're mm-hmm. just standing there, mm-hmm. and you're spending over two hours on your feet. 
before you even get to see a show. Yeah, it better be a good show. I couldn't do that. I would have to leave. Do you think she sings live or does she lip sync? Of course, I wouldn't at her sit age. in the non-seated chair. Because she probably still dances around, right? She probably can't sing live anymore. Does her face even move? Have you seen Stop her? It. Have you seen her? How You're awful. Have you seen how strange she looks? What though? is with the shaming? I'm just saying because she's she's had all that. I mean, she looks she weird. A lot of she people, looks very strange. A lot of people un- seem to enjoy plastic surgery it's, in a way that it's psychologically I, addictive. Yeah. See, I believe that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it definitely is. That. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're staring at yourself, always looking for flaws. Right. I hate that. I hate that it makes people do that. I I sus- why hunt out flaws. I suspect what happens flaws is are beautiful. People have they they get the plastic surgery and then they're they're not happy with the result. So they and, and they probably it becomes like you know how if you know how with if if you're addicted to uh, well addicted to anything if you're addicted to drugs and you get into that okay just one more fix just one more fix or if you're addicted to video games you know oh just one more game just one more game and then I'm gonna put just down this controller this level. I think it, I think it's the same thing it's probably the same thing with plastic surgery you get plastic surgery and then you thought it was gonna make you look so much younger and it doesn't and then you go all right I'm just gonna get one more surgery just one more surgery well, just adjust this and yeah. adjust that yeah and then it's you end terrible. up like and then you end up like Kenny Rogers like remember like in the last 10 years that he was still alive, he looked like a different person. Like, like he had a different face because, you know, he just kept getting plastic surgery. And it, it, it just, can be pretty addictive to people. Yeah. You know, but I'll never shame somebody for doing it. But, you know, me personally, I love imperfection. I think imperfection is the most beautiful thing in art. Everything I like when I make scarves and things, there's always something. Maybe a stitch got dropped and I pulled it back up or one's a little tighter than the other. That's part of what makes it special and and unique is that each one has its own. And that's what I like about art. I don't want it to, if I want something perfect, computerized, well, then I can go to a computer. Mm -hmm. But if I want something that's human, that has passion in it or emotion or feeling, whatever it is that I'm looking at, I want those imperfections. It's what makes them beautiful. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the studio line. 603-250-6007 if you'd like to chime in on anything. Um, hey, uh, uh, separate story just uh, briefly, but uh, because we have guests uh, coming in in the second hour. But uh, this is a story on TheVerge.com, which is a great site. Uh, TikTok can generate AI songs, but it probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> it says here... Um, TikTok has launched many songs that have gone viral over the years, but now it's testing a feature that lets more people exercise their songwriting skills with some help from AI. AI song uh, generates uh, songs from text prompts with the help of large language model Bloom. Users can write out lyrics on the text field when making a post. TikTok will then recommend AI song to add sounds to the post Mm, excuse me, and they can uh, toggle the song's genre. Uh, Quote, it's not technically an AI song generator. The name is likely to change and is currently in testing at the moment. Unquote, Uh, Barney Hooper, spokesperson for TikTok, excuse me, uh, said in an email to The Verge, quote, "Uh, any music used is from a pre-saved catalog created within the business. In essence, it pairs the lyrics with the pre-saved music based on three genres, pop, hip-hop, and EDM, unquote. 
Uh, the feature was first spotted last week. AI song doesn't seem to be available to everyone yet, but some TikTok users have already begun experimenting with it. The results so far are not great. Uh, many are out of time, despite the availability of auto-tuning vocals. Uh, there's uh, an example here from user uh, Jonah Manzano, who created a song uh, that somehow tried uh, to make the word comedy have more syllables than it needs. Another user, uh, I, I would play these, but I don't know if there's any uh, bad language in them. Uh, another user, uh, Christy Lalani, uh, sort of recreated a Britney Spears song, but again, with a severely out-of-time vocals. I'm curious to hear those. Uh, AI-generated songs, however, are not new to TikTok. The now infamous AI Drake and the weekend song Heart on My Sleeve gained virality on the platform. Bad Buddy also criticized people for listening to an AI sound-alike posted on TikTok. TikTok is not the only platform to lean into generative AI features for its users. YouTube began testing a music creation functionality uh, that lets users make songs from either text prompts or a hummed tune. DreamTrack allows for 30-second snippets in the style of other popular artists. Uh, to be more transparent, TikTok rolled out other features uh, that help identify AI-created content on the app and updated its rules requiring users to be upfront about using AI in their content. So, hey, we should mention, too, uh, you, uh, you've you been posting videos on TikTok and doing quite, uh, oh, let me unmute your mic there, and doing quite well. Yeah, that's not the weirdest thing. Like, I just really haven't put a lot up there, but yeah, I mean, shoot, one of my videos is over 3,300. Yeah. Yeah, but the, there's a, quite a number of them that are well over 1,000. Actually, yeah. a lot more than I realize now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, um, I only just recently started playing with TikTok, and it seems like a fun space. Yeah. Like, Rocky's on there. Oh, Rocky our, our a, friend uh, Rocky Huber, he's yeah. He's a TikTok channel on there. He does uh, very well. Yeah, he does a lot. The, it's interesting that you just get these little small sni snippets of things. But it is addictive when you talk about addiction. It yeah. is addictive because you can sit there and you just scroll in video, video, video. It's very easy to, to go down that rabbit hole and stay there. But it's also really cool to see snippets of other people's stuff. I've got, so it's, yeah, it's a rabbit hole that you can enjoy, but try not to get disappear into. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the addictive nature of it. And again, the you know, as we were just talking about a few minutes ago, uh, psychological addiction, um, it uh, it's kind of what they're counting on in a in a way, right? Well, yeah. That's that's part of the business model is that you'll get hooked in and you know and and that's um, true of any platform really, uh, not just you know. There's a lot of talk these days about how social media people become addicted to it, but really anything anything that you do online, any website, if it's if it's a blog site, if it's anything, well, it's perfect they, for us. They they want to keep you there as Absolutely. much as they can. Well, when these and the fact that there's snippets actually helps that. It's a small yeah. moment of time, and then you're on to the next, on to the next. Right. When you watch a video, you might get two, three minutes into it, and you're going, oh, I don't know, I'm getting kind of tired of this, and you move along to something else. When you're looking at something that's so short, it's easy to keep your attention because there's always something new rotating in front of you. Yeah. So it's very easy to get sucked into that. I mean, I'm not, a, obviously, I'm on there now, so obviously I'm not against it. I, I think it's got its place. I think it's a fun way to share art. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. At least, you know. Yeah, to be to be creative. Yeah, it's a, it's a great creative space. I don't like this AI in songs, though. I mean, because they're they're a hundred percent. The music that they're using is everybody else's. Yeah. 
it's not original music. Although, is there really any original music if you think of it? I'm curious to try it and play around know. with it. You want to play around? The only thing I've done so far is uh, uh, just, you know, when I started using ChatGPT, which is fun. And, and of course, I use it in my work somewhat. But I, I like I, I asked it to write uh, uh, a Kiss song. <laughs> you know, and it came up with, you know, these these That's pretty awesome. pretty silly That's lyrics. But um, see, now I see I'm still on the fence. I have a book in progress, and I keep thinking about how I'm going to edit this book. Yeah, and there's a part of me that says, "Geez, maybe I should use AI to edit. It would get a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. and it would give me the control of, of making sure that my voice doesn't get lost." But then do I want my written work on this thing? Mm -hmm. I'm really on the fence. I can't make up my mind just yet on should I use the AI to do the editing and try and try and just do it 100% on my own? Or should I try and find somebody that can work with me and help string the story along together and edit with me? You know, I think using it for editing would be mm, probably not not great. I don't think I don't think it would be effective for that. Like I use it for if I have something that's going on a website that and I want to say, you know, edit this but maximize it for search engine optimization in terms of using keywords. But I think for I think for writing, for editing your writing, I think it would be uh I think I think you'd you'd accidentally stumble into plagiarism. Because it's going to start, I think, it's it's going to start editing that based on what else is out there. And you're, you're going to end up, I, I think you would end up accidentally plagiarizing something. Now, that would be horrible. Now, there's other tools you I can use. I never thought about that. Right. But there's other tools you can then use thinking, to fix that. And I um, wasn't even going there. I was thinking more about the fear of putting my writing on this thing. Yeah. You know? Well, but that, but th but that's that. going to happen anyway once you publish it. True that. You're, you're but putting that it out published. in the world now. Grammarly has uh, a plagiarism checker, and there's other tools you can use for that too. That will then take that content and unplagiarize it for you. The, I actually so, have a weird thing about my writing, and that I am always assessed at using words that most people don't use. Mm. So I don't usually run into that. I come. It's weird. Mm. All those games and things you do, I always end up in the weird, the weird zone. Mm -hmm. But I would hate to mix it, and then you're not sure what part is mine, what part did it use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you just talked me out even considering it. Yeah, I don't. I never thought about it on that side. I I don't. I mean, Please. I'm not an expert, but I've been uh, trying to learn all that I can because it's fascinating. It is fascinating, and you can do some really cool things with ChatGPT. Mm. Um, well, let's uh, let's do this. We're, we'll uh, we'll take a break. We're going to play a couple songs and then show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we've got uh, hour number two coming up. We've got guests who I'm really looking forward to talking to. But I think I'm going to play something from I'm going to play something from uh, Abner the uh, Second song called uh, "The Audrey at Burns," which he played here. Yeah. Well, not here, but when we were in the old the studio. Old studio. Yep. Well, uh, which, back in the new which, studio. which he played live for us. And I'm also going to play a track for uh, Regals, uh, who are also playing tonight. Uh, they've got a, I assume it's the the single because they have a video for it, uh, 
called uh, Orbit of Your Heart, although I had to make yep. a, I had to make a radio edit of it because there's a bad word. But I, I didn't d- even pick up on that. There is a bad word, but I made uh, a. This but, is why I do not do these things. <laughs> but uh-huh. I made, but I made a radio edit because I really want to play it because it is a great song. That's awesome. Uh, so we'll play those. We're going to show some love to our amazing sponsors, and then we'll be back with hour number two. We've got guests, our first guests in the new studio here on uh, Canal Street. Uh, so we are live. Matt Connerton unleashed will continue. Does continue uh, live from WMNH ninety five point three in glorious Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, here's uh, here it is, the Audrey at Burns from uh, Abner II, or Abner II. <laughs> you are listening to WMNH 95.3. The commander to the supreme leader, Mezzo coming down. Welcome back, everybody. It is Matt Connerton Unleashed as we enter our number two Numero Dos live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious Manchester, New Hampshire, our brand new studio on Canal Street. So, yes, we are actually live. It is January 20th, 2024. I hope I said, uh, did I say 24 at the start of the show today? I'm worried I actually said 23. I think you said 24. You know how you know, people get, you know, they forget, like they write the wrong year on checks and whatnot for the first month of the Most new people year. don't even write checks anymore. That's true. I'm just worried that I actually, I, I, we'll have to. Most people don't even write anymore. We'll have to listen back to the podcast. I'm worried that mm-hmm. I, I said 23 at the start of I today. get to pick on you if you did. Yes. Or I could just <laughs> edit it and then no one will know. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. I will know. You will know. I will tell you. So Jenny is here, of course, at the news desk. I am present and accounted for. And uh, if you are just joining us, uh, like I said, this is our, so of course, uh, you know, the morning show has been here uh, now. And last night I was here for Retrospectrum Radio with Pauly C. Awesome but, show last night, by the, the way. Thank you. Thank you. But this is our first Matt Connerton Unleashed in the news studio. Did so, I tell you you inspired me to paint last night? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, the show Retrospectrum yeah. Radio inspired you? Oh. Yeah, big time. Oh, good. I'll have to show you the canvas when we go home. Yes. We had a beautiful background started. Excellent. Excellent. So we also have our first guest on Matt Connerton Unleashed now that we are, are in the new studio. So we have uh, my old friend Derek Smith is here. Hello, Derek. Hi, Matt. Nice to see you. And see you. Uh, and uh, you brought uh, Nick and uh, Chloe are with you. Welcome. Hey, nice to be here. And uh, and I gotta turn those mics. I'm getting yeah. used getting used to the new mics here, <laughs> the new setup. I'll turn you guys up a little bit there. So um, uh, now obviously I've known Derek for like 20 years, but uh, uh who who are uh, who are the two of you? Who are Nick and uh, Chloe? Well, um, my name is Chloe Schottmeyer, and Nick and I are both uh, representatives and board members of a really cool space that's kind of coming up and coming here in Manchester. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, called the Mosaic Arts Collective, mm-hmm. located at 66 Hanover Street, right next to the Palace Theater and a couple other really uh, important Hanover Street entities. Um, we are more than just a gallery. Um, we do have gallery space where lots of local artists 
are exhibiting over the last year. And it's been really fulfilling to see these local artists come from all over New Hampshire and, and beyond New Hampshire yeah. to come show their work of all levels in the space. Um, but one of the cool things about Mosaic is that it's not just a gallery. It is also a studio space mm-hmm. and a workshop space and a classroom and a collective for all of the arts community of Manchester to kind of share and come together in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's artists that are just starting out, that's established artists. Um, we do art calls so like anyone can enter um, and join a show and, and show what they have. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I forgot I muted my mic for a second. Um, yeah, I'm still getting used to the new uh, the new setup here. Um, yeah, Jenny and I have been there. So we've been there twice now. We were there for um, the we, show. Uh, we were there for a concert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was, who was I, I forget who was playing that night. Derek will that, remember. That was back in December. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was the first one. Had Evan Benoit. Of happy just to see you. Oh yes, and um, the DJ Biza from Portland, Maine. Yep, yep, yeah. He he was great. Well, both both of them were were really good. And then uh, we were there a number of weeks ago for uh, the uh, during the the daytime. Yeah, for, there was I, a, a presentation, a talk on AI in art in yeah. many different forms, which was really interesting. Yeah, I, I really learned a lot about AI that I did not know before. So it was a great talk. Yeah, and I know they have more things like that coming up. And tonight we're gonna go see Abner the second. Yes. And Regal. Yes, Regals. Regals. Yeah. yeah. Forgive me, I forgot to put the S on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was checking out the checking them out last night. I was really enjoying their music. So I'm looking forward to seeing them live tonight. And the space is so uniquely cool in that the Mosaic Art Collective, when you walk in, it's just it's art. You walk into this this uh, really amazing space that has different different people's work, different types of talents, different types of textures and styles. And then you have this warm room in the middle where the music is and everybody can gather. And And then there's a lot of artist spaces there that are beautiful. It's just a really uniquely cool place, that little little diamond in the rough of the city that you, once you know it's there. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. It It is sort of set up. We are located on the second floor. So we are a little kind of set back and a little hidden there. Yeah. But it is a diamond when you when you first walk in and the space has served a numerous amount of purposes for many artists and creative in Manchester over the last year plus some. Um, I, I love that you guys have been into shows and seen some of our, our music that's happened so far. That's really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we fell in love fairly quickly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, very cool place. Now, so so the two of you, Nick and Chloe, so you're both on the board. Correct. That's correct. Now, how did so how did this get started? How did the art collective get started? So it started back in uh, August. They did a show called Full Circle. Um, it was kind of like I said, an art call, so local artists could participate. Um, my friend Cassia sent me a link, um, and I entered, and I met Liz when I dropped off, and it was just extremely warm and welcome. You just walk in. And you just kind of feel like comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just kind of been like that all year and it's snowballed. And now we're a nonprofit uh, with a board, um, yep. which we joined. Um, and it's it's just a nice spot for people to show this uh, art that are local. And um, 
right now there's a show called This Is Us Plus Some, so the board members brought in a guest each um, to show some art that are like local leaders in the in the area. Yeah. Uh, really all of New England, but mostly local to New Hampshire. Okay. Um, I assume, you know, we, uh, we always talk, Jenny and I talk about, uh, talk about this on the show quite a bit, um, you know, because we have a lot of musicians on and we're always talking about how it's amazing how much local talent there is. Yeah. And, and you would, um, you know, you almost, and, and I assume it's not, obviously it's not unique to, uh, to this area, any, anywhere really, you know, there's, you're going to find a lot of music, um, local musicians in your area who are doing really great stuff. Um, and I don't think people who aren't paying attention realize just how much talent there is going on around them, um, that they're not aware of unless they're actually taking the time to investigate and go out to see shows or go just go online and find what local musicians are doing. I assume it's the same with art, right? That there's just all this talent all around us that unless you're really kind of tuned in and paying attention, you, you don't even, you don't even know that it's there unless you at least put in the effort to, to, you know, to, to check out a place like Mosaic and, and explore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mosaic was the first place that I ever showed. I had no idea. I've lived in New Hampshire for 10 years now. So yeah, like I had no idea that everyone was around here doing uh, this much. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a community I just was oblivious to. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool just to see and meet all these people over the year. And it felt like, it felt like years. Really? It's only been one year. So it's like, this place is just kind of blown up in Manchester. Yeah. That's really cool that that was your first time. I talked to Liz, and at some point when I get daring enough, I will submit something. But I like hearing that you did it for the first time, and then here you are. So that's awesome. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> it's encouraging. <laughs> it's encouraging. What goes into that? Is showing? Is that the, the right term? Show? Sure. Exhibitioning. Showing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what what, go, what goes into that? So it, it is a, it's a team effort. Um, so this, this current show that we have up was a little bit of a different structure. It was an invitation structure. Um, so that was a little bit different. We, we reached out to artists and, and invited them to come into the space and show. Typically we run a open call every month and for an open call, anybody is welcome to enter. And, and we love that everybody does. <laughs> yeah. And what, like, like when you say everybody, like how many people does it end up being? Oh, it, it depends. Um, so some of the things that might dictate who enters the show are we, we try to assign a theme to each month oh, okay. that might be relevant to something that's happening in the month or um, relevant to our own timeline as a gallery. Um, so I think different themes attract different kinds of artists mm -hmm. and attract different kinds of work. So, for example... In October, this most recent October, we did the Nevermore show. And I think Halloween is a very popular thing oh, for artists. I can imagine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That so makes sense. We had just an influx of just amazing work, all inspired by spooky October things. Yeah. And th that was on the flip end, you know, then the board has to get together and review all these submissions mm -hmm. and make selections and once we have that list of, of work that's selected to make it into the show, then we have to hang it on the wall. Yeah, yeah. So that has always been fun. And I think I can speak for more than just myself when I say the hanging parties that we do at Mosaic have been a really huge team building experience for the staff or 
those of us that are involved with, with that process, we have really had every month just this wonderful point to come together, touch, touch base, kind of collaborate on, on this, on this show that's going to mean something to mm-hmm. everyone, not just us. And it's, it provides all of us such a, such a great feeling of fulfillment and happiness. And we all walk away from those days, those evenings feeling really uplifted and, you know, I think recognizing what this was all about yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, Liz move. Liz is the owner and founder of, of Mosaic and she moved back into this area to hook the area after living in Vermont for quite a while. And I think her time in Vermont, she found that there was a really thriving, collaborative local arts community. And when she moved back to this space, was sort of surprised to see a different environment in this space. Yeah. And I think she saw, identified, and then executed the need to produce a space where the local artists here in Manchester could could come and really live up to what some of the other air, like small local art communities in in the in the US are doing all around us and, yeah. and it's sort of collected and organized that effort into into one space um, and seeing that come to fruition over the last year has been I think to Nick's point it's felt like m- a decade, not just a year. Really, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've gained a decade's worth of friends and met a decade's worth of people all in the last year and network and inspiration and collaboration, all of that in the last year. It, it It's mind-blowing to think how much has happened. No doubt. It's interesting how people can interact with the artists more here too, where it is a local collective of artists. You have the opportunity to speak to the artists or get closer to them than you would in, in a large gallery situation where you might see their name, but you wouldn't even know what they look like. Yeah. Here, the artists can be more, more in touch, more, they're more reachable. I'm, I'm curious too about the, the submission because you were, you were talking about like the board, you, you've got to review all the submissions and um, is that, is that a difficult process? Because I, I would imagine, because obviously art, any kind of art is subjective. And, I, and, and so I would imagine there's some disagreement, right, about, you know, like someone might like something and someone else will say, no, we can't, you know. Yeah, no. we, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, you have three of us try to do it at a time so that, you know, there's a tiebreaker vote type of thing. Oh, okay. That's um, smart. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if it was one person, it's going to be pretty biased. But if you have three people doing it, then it's like two people could agree and one guy's like maybe iffy about it or or like two people could kind of be iffy about it. And then you have the third person say, actually, yeah, that's like, why not bring that in? And yeah. And that type of thing. Like, um, so it is a collaborative effort, like with everything. So like judging a show, hanging a show, like Chloe said, uh, we all show up and kind of take a wall and hang the show. Yeah. Um, and then we also have the openings like, um, where you can meet the artists cause most of them show up. So it's like, you can just go to an opening and see something on the wall and the person standing right there mm-hmm. uh, to talk to. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. There's lots of checks and balances in how we make those selections. And I think one of the core elements that we keep in mind when we're making them is the mission of Mosaic, which is to help build and nurture and influence the growth of one's practice in a safe place. 
So when we're making these selections, we're keeping in mind that this is not just about what is the internationally technically good, like, museum artwork this is about real art this is about community art this is about self-expression and this is about being supported in that yeah yeah excellent and now derek how did you get involved obviously you you know you've you've been booking the music and um you you and i have known each other for a long time in the in the the music industry uh we used to do um uh, jenny's heard this of course but um, you know, back in the day, uh, we used to uh, book a lot of shows and, uh, you introduced me to, well, you know, we were sort of half kidding at the, uh, at the, the show that Jenny and I went to that, you know, Acacia strain, they owe uh, all their success to us <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 because we, uh, we booked them on a show. Uh, I'm honestly surprised they're still a band. They are still around. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they had a great start because we, uh, booked them. Uh, yep. so, I don't we remember We paved where, the way. That's right. <laughs> they, they all owe it all to us. But, um, yeah, so how did you get involved in the uh, collective? Once I moved back um, earlier last year and <clears throat> in the spring, um, I, I reached out to Liz. I, I was just looking for some sort of outlet because I had initially wanted to start a, a gallery collective of my own in the city here uh, when I lived here, uh, you know, 10-plus years ago. And... Uh, that never materialized. So I started, I started my online gallery of artists only. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I've just hosted a bunch of artists throughout the country and international, but, um, I, I still wanted a physical space because the idea was always to include a, a monthly showcase of performers. And, uh, I reached out to her to see if she was open to the idea. Uh, and she was, so I met with her, went over some logistics, and uh, we, you know, that was in the fall that I met her initially, and we had the first show, as you mentioned, in December. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just gonna we're gonna try to keep doing them. Are you still doing your online gallery? Uh, periodically, not as regularly as I had been, but. Uh, yeah, I it used to be a, a more full web page. Um, now it's it's solely structured to Instagram. So oh, okay, that's uh, at artists only AO. Oh, okay, okay. Um, what goes into that? Uh, an online gallery. Do, I mean, do do people contact you and say I'd, I'd like to feature? Like, how how does that work? I don't get contacted so much as I I network with the artists. Um, I'll reach out to someone I, I'd like to feature. Um, also, it's it's nonprofit, so uh, I'll I'll just also sometimes repost various artists' work and, mm-hmm. and give them the credit. Yeah, yeah. What was your Instagram page? It's artists only, and then the abbreviation AO at the end. And now um, for the music, are are you booking? all the music at the, uh, at mosaic is that, that's all you at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's relatively new still, but right. Yeah. yeah so this is the, the second one tonight. Um, I already have the one set up for next month. Mm. which will be on the 17th. It's going to be more of an electronic night with, uh, two solo electronic artists. Oh, cool. uh, another one from Portland, Maine. 
uh, Gibbs Freelance. And um, I, I try to have a local support as an opener for Draw. Yeah. And um, that's going to be Danny Kemp's. Danny Camps. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He does um, kind of like, he, he plays guitar and, and bass, but he also messes around with synths and how do you um how do you figure out who would be a good fit? I mean, is there do you do the um uh, musicians that you're booking uh, do they have to kind of fit a do you have a certain criteria in mind in terms of who would you know because it's not it obviously at at a place like Mosaic it's um you know you, you want to have artists you, musicians who are going to fit the vibe. I mean, how, do you um is that a big uh, part of the the process in terms of figuring out who to who to book there? Somewhat, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll try to have it, you know, be some sort of complementary, uh, in a sense. But um, I'm all for diversity as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe in shows to come, it'll be more of a an abstract bill. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, uh, when we were there. <clears throat> Uh, that night, I mean that that seemed perfect. You know, that seemed oh, like just yeah. the perfect fit for for that. You know, and it's such a it's such an amazing space. You're sitting in the middle of this, all this beautiful art, and it, the space is so. Um, it's oh God, I'm looking for a word that's not coming intimate. to me. Huh? Intimate. Intimate. That is exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. You're and the sound is just really great with the musicians. I'm telling you, it's totally worth going there to listen to the music. It, it's just such a great space to be in. It's more personable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the artist is right there, not umpteen feet away from you or what have you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I really, I've already written it down, February 17th. Got that? February 17th. After tonight will be the next music night, so I'll have that done. Mm-hmm. Love to actually keep in touch and, and um, bring musicians that you have, bring them to our listeners. If we haven't beat you to the punch, we already had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're available, um, yeah, before, before yeah. the the show on some Saturday, and, and we certainly see a lot of wonderful musicians. If you ever need anybody, please don't hesitate. I love recommendations yeah. that come in and go out. So, <laughs> thanks for that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I really am excited to, about tonight's show too. Yes. Regals is a, a new to me. Never heard of them before. The and I'm really interesting sound. I really mm-hmm. enjoy it. We were listening last night because um, I was just playing. I always play something. I have tinnitus, so I always have something in the room going on. Uh, really great sound. Really great sound. Yeah, they started as a three-piece, um, and I, I first saw them perform over at Two Shared. Okay. And uh, they've expanded to a fuller band. Um, Ryan Egan, who who leads the band, has been in former Manchester bands. Um before happy just to see you were that band it was bad fellows and he played drums with them and he was also in a band called pleasure gap okay but he's been a uh, a manchester staple uh, for for you know 10 plus years this, yeah. with this, not- this city has a lot of art true a lot of amazing artists i didn't realize how much until last year when we've really started concentrating hard on bringing in more musicians more artists this city is bursting with incredible talent it's just amazing to me what we have in this city. You think New Hampshire, you're kind of a small state. We can fit your whole state inside of New York. 
<laughs> as far as people go. But we really are very blessed with a lot of amazing talent in different genres, all kinds of genres. If you ever want to try out a new genre, a small venue like this is absolutely perfect to go listen to something you haven't seen before, like Abner 2 or the second, Abner the second. I never know which way to go. Either or, or, I think, really. He's amazing. He uses a viola and does this looping technique mm -hmm. and the music he creates. And I love his voice. The songs he creates yeah. are absolutely awesome. It was funny because Matt's been playing him for a very long time before we ever had him on as a guest. And we finally got him on as a guest. And I got the joy of sitting there going, we've been playing you for years. <laughs> him being on this show was actually how I realized that Matt had started a radio show. Oh, no kidding. I was, I was still in Austin, Texas at the time. And I saw um, Zach Abner post about it. Oh, nice. cool. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. The small world comes around. That's good to hear. Uh, by the way, uh, the studio line is open. If you have any questions or feedback or anything at all for our guests, uh, you can give us a call, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. Uh, you can also text us at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. Uh, you can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. But we would love to hear your dulcet tones at 603-250-6007. Um, so now, so what does the, the future uh, hold for, for Mosaic? I mean, is, is there kind of a long-term plan as far as continuing to expand what you're doing? Or We have some really exciting stuff that, you know, is maybe potentially hanging in our future. Good. But um, some of the more kind of immediate moments that we'd really love to see the community show up and support in um, is of course, our music night tonight. And so doors will open at 7 p.m. tonight. Okay. It is a 21-plus show, um, but we will be having refreshments by donation and live music. Mm. And we expect the show will run through about 10 p.m. Okay. this evening. Cool. So feel free to stop by between 7 and 10 and come check us out and see what the gallery has to offer. And Jenny and I will be there. So you can come, yeah. come, come, come say, say hi to come us. Come say hello to us. Come yeah. say hello to yeah. Are you an artist? Do you want to be on? Come <laughs> say hi. That's Absolutely. Right. Now, in, in, in the course of the collective, you guys operate mostly on donation, right? Correct. So we, we are an, a nonprofit. So we really do rely on support from our community by donation and also by showing up and being in the shows, right? Submitting. Um, it, the fee's like really artwork. cheap, isn't it? Like $10, I think. $10, $15. Yeah. Yeah, it's very accessible. Yeah. It, that's our aim and our goal is to, to keep it that way. You yeah, can take yeah. a, a chance without losing your grocery bill money. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which I think that's, it makes it all the more accessible to everybody. Yes. Right? You don't have to be somebody with a whole lot of money to try and buy your way in. To a gallery, you, your donation is helping to fund this beautiful space for local artists, which, as people know, Matt and I are huge on supporting all local artists. And you can't go wrong when you support your community anyway. Yeah, we actually have a, a sticker to support local art, which is $3, which helps artists with submission fees. Um, and we also have gift cards done by Jackie Hansen, um, which you can kind of buy over time if you want to save up. For mm. yourself or give it to someone else uh to buy a piece at the gallery yeah um or you can use it towards your submission fees for open calls so oh, okay the next um open call that we have is all heart statuses for the february show so it can either be um you know about your relationship or love for whoever 
or it could be about how love sucks and you can just do something like for that so any heart status okay um, so it doesn't even necessarily have to be love uh you know it could be any emotion that yeah. you feel you need to express oh very good very good um, Ooh, i like that yeah so the submission <laughs> the submission date is for for that all submissions are due due by january 26 at eleven fifty nine p.m so mark that on your calendars okay so okay. when people go to submit they take a picture of their work send it to you with the fee, and then everybody goes and looks at all the different pieces. And now, uh, do people come in with huge paintings, teeny tiny paintings? Are there size restrictions? Like, or do you like just send a picture and go, "Hey, this is what it is"? So typically, we don't do we don't impose many restrictions because we want to see what you have. You know, we do have space limitations. Obviously, that it's not a huge room. Um, but we accept 3D artwork, 2D artwork, digital artwork, any kind. And Excellent. the dimensions are completely open. I mean, only the only limitation we have is can we get it in the room, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it really is open-ended and we, we encourage everybody to kind of not be constricted in what they're bringing to the table. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah, that's <laughs> a great question. We have a couple, so Nick mentioned that we have a, a gift card done by a local artist, Jackie Hansen, who we've done some incredible workshops with. And she actually has a workshop coming up in in the next couple of weeks here. And it's actually January 25th. Okay. Um, it's going to be an eraser workshop. So the gift card that we have is kind of done, done in a similar style where she has carved um, into material to create a stamp and then you know, can nice. repeat that that artwork, huh. you know, over and over again as many times as oh, she wants. Interesting. Um, so that's how our, our gift cards are made. Um, and so these, this eraser workshop will be very similar to that in carving into an eraser material, which is very easy to get, accessible. Anybody can find an eraser and then create a stamp out of it. Yeah. Um, so that will be a really exciting workshop coming up. And um those who are interested in signing up for that, I encourage checking out our website and, and getting a slot ahead of time. Now, what is the cost on that particular workshop? Off the top of my head, I'm actually not 100% sure, but I, I you know, I'm not even going to give you a, an estimated figure because I, I can't remember off the top of yeah. my head, but it is posted on our website. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Don't I've got it right here, on. actually. The Eraser Print Marketing Workshop. That is going to be held on January 25th. Arrive at 545, please. Yes. And their address, again, is 66 Hanover Street, Suite 201. It's a $35 registration fee, which covers all of the supplies that you need to make your own. And you'll be able to take that home. Yeah. Very cool. So that will be a very exciting way to not only support the, the gallery, but also have something that you get to take home with you yeah, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great that you're doing something that's not a painting. Right, right. right? It's like, different. Yeah. Not that I mean, obviously I, I paint, but everywhere's always a paint bar. I want to do something fun. Right. It's not <laughs> something a paint different, bar. something that you can play with. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And maybe gain forward some inspiration what else? from. Absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, I like the support local artist sticker. Yeah, you see that there. That's really I love stickers in case you didn't notice my laptop is completely covered. Oh, well, you must need I, one then. I must need one. <laughs> a very fun fact is the artist who created that sticker is actually sitting right next to me in this room. Oh, oh no there kidding. You go. There you go. Ooh. Yeah, so, Liz, hey. That, no, seriously, it. I really like this. Yeah, uh, Liz reached out and asked if uh, 
we wanted to do a sticker and I just kind of came up with something and we went back and forth about it. Um, and we actually used um, that same design for the, we were did the Christmas parade recently um, and we had a banner on the side that had the same thing. So that was pretty cool too. Hmm. Um, excellent, excellent. Hey, um, by the way, this is a, a little bit uh, n- not off topic, but it, not specifically about the gallery, but I'm just curious. Um, do any of you have any thoughts on, because Jenny and I attended that, um, that event that was at the gallery about AI and art. Do any of you just have any kind of general thoughts about that? Or I mean, it's kind of a big, big subject, but it's a broad question, but I'm, I'm just curious if, if any of you have any thoughts on, on the matter. Uh, generally I'm not for AI, but I can understand its use. Um, kind of like, I don't know if you're editing something or yeah. something like that. Um, but if you're going from like zero to an image, I don't necessarily love that use of it. Yeah. Um, uh, by that, you mean like if you give it a prompt and yeah, say, create so like, this and yeah, yeah. create this. Cause I don't know. I, I hand draw and I use digital. I think digital is like the, the closest I'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I understand its uses though. So generally I'm not for it, but I can see how people can use it to enhance whatever they're doing or right right um or edit their writing so say you're like writing see we were talking about that before you guys came into the show yeah yeah because i have a book started and i was hemming and hiring should i use ai to edit the book or not and now i've come to the conclusion that i'm not going to yeah um but for i was toying with the idea i mean i I talked her out of it he did he talked (laughs) me out of it he totally talked me out (laughs) But I have a unique style of writing anyway. I don't know that you could fit that into me. I have a little bit of a different perspective on AI. Oh, cool. Um, So I'm classically trained as a photographer. Um, And I think one of the things when AI started coming onto the scene that I just immediately started thinking was, Man, this is must must be how painters felt when photography hit the scene, you know. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. yeah. You know, and interesting. like to see um, the medium go from, you know, you have to, at least with photography, you have to actually go to the place mm-hmm. and bring the equipment and put that amount of effort in. Now you can just go type in, make me a picture of Santorini with a wedding happen and and there it is you know you don't have to be there so so I think and and similarly to a painter who used to have to put or still does put hours of time into accurately translating what they're seeing and then photography hit the scene and you just press a button and go about your merry day right yeah I can only draw like equations to how that must feel there yeah it never occurred to me yeah but that's yeah it's an interesting insight it seems like it might be some kind of natural progression in you know art and technology that we're experiencing but it's also um I am skeptical too uh Mm -hmm. you know there there I think AI can be misused Mm -hmm. and and I it is also um a tool that is dictated by humans still mm. so it's yeah. depending upon other people's work to draw itself into work like right. it has it's pulling from everything else that other people have already done right which in a lot of which ways inspiration is doing do. that right right yeah. so so the only difference is that it's an artificial intelligence that's drawing inspiration from the world around it rather than an organic intelligence mm-hmm. so uh, 
which I think See, is, this is leaves why reason to be skeptical. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think, Derek? I think that I'm, I'm anti-AI in the respect of, um, you know, it potentially taking jobs from people. Um, but I, I believe that there may be some sort of um, merit to it in like the medical field. Um, yeah. It's, they're, they're working out ways to allow um, even like paralyzed people to walk again. Seriously, mm-hmm. I've um, watched some of those videos. It's yeah. amazing. There's like sensory mechanisms that they have in, implanted in people mm-hmm. that they're able to control uh, remotely and, yeah. you know, give those sort of, um, you know, sensory function that the body is supposed to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still at the beginning stages and the people are, are still slow to, to get going, but it's, yeah, there's, it's, it's some sort of, you know, progression uh, in that field. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that too, because when we had, um, when we had Conrad war from the band, I don't know if you know the band bees deluxe, really good Boston band. And, and we were talking about that with him. You remember this? And he was talking about how, for example, if you're a medical professional and, and you're, you're trying to find a treatment plan for someone with an illness and you can, you know, say to AI, you know, give me, give me three treatment plans for this person and describe the person and, and, uh, you know, it can save a lot of time and, and potentially be very useful in, uh, in a situation like that. So, um, Science in, 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 in medicine is just exponentially going. I, 100%, I agree with you. In a lot of different industries, AI does and will continue to have a great place. But in art, yeah, that's there's... where you, and it's all art, whether it's right, whether it's music, whether it's print, whether it's writing. It adds a lot of guesswork to is this authentic or not. So I'll I'll just share briefly my my one experience trying to create uh, visual art um, using uh, uh, Dolly three. I I don't know if any of you have used that at all, but um, I had to. Um, we did a segment on the show talking about the Daryl Hall versus John Oates lawsuit a couple of months ago, and um, so I. I took that segment and I put it on YouTube and I needed a thumbnail. And, uh, so I tried, uh, using Dolly three to create what I wanted was to see, because I'd seen, I'd seen people come up with some pretty good stuff using this. So I wanted an image of Daryl Hall and John Oates in a boxing ring. And what I learned pretty quickly is it's very resistant to and and we talked about this too at the uh, the event that we went to at Mosaic yeah. about AI. Yeah, this came up at the event. I wish I could remember that. Who, who's who's the gentleman's name, by the way? Do you know offhand? Carl. Carl. I, I could cannot. I have a mental block with his name. He was very impressive. I liked his presentation. So we were talking about about this, and I I, I remember telling him I couldn't get it to do that exactly, and he said, "It seems to be the program seems to be very resistant to the idea just broadly of." putting celebrities in violent situations. So it wouldn't let me do that. And so the best I was able to get out of it when I tried to make that, and I did, I did get it to do something that I used for a thumbnail on the YouTube video was um, Daryl Hall and John Oates at a, a playing chess, but with angry expressions on their faces. Um, it 
doesn't quite look like Daryl Hall and John Oates, but it looks close enough. The, 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 but they both look angry. <laughs> and it's a funny <laughs> picture. But that's the only thing I've I've used it for so far. Um, uh, but uh, but that was kind of fun. <laughs> um, well, listen, we will uh, we'll begin to before we run out of time. I want to make sure. Well, actually, is there anything that we didn't uh, mention? Because uh, I I know you you had a a bunch of things you wanted to mention. I I don't want to leave anything out. Got through most of them. The only yeah. one that I, I it, and it occurs to me since we're talking about Carl's talk, um, yeah. we will be having another artist talk at the end of January here on January twenty sixth. Okay. Um, local photographer Gary Sampson, who's actually he's the photographer I invited to the This Is Us Plus Sun show. He's been my longtime mentor and professor oh. as a photographer. And he has a really extensive history with Manchester and and supporting um, historical and cultural preservation in Manchester, uh, alongside being also a very prolific artist in his own respect. Oh, cool. Um, and he'll be doing an artist talk on the 26th, January 26th, starting at 5.45 p.m. Um, so I know many, many of the listeners out there may actually know of Gary and mm. might be interested to see see him talk and hear about his work. So please um, feel free to register online for that talk as well. We'd love to see the community show up. Excellent. Excellent. Um, where should people go online to uh, keep up with everything that uh, is going on at uh, Mosaic Art Collective? I think we are most active on Instagram, um, Mosaic Art Collective. Very simple. Um, on Instagram. We are also on Facebook. And if you go to mosaicartcollective.com, our our gallery website is also updated regularly along with all of our social media pages. Okay. And you can actually see like all the archive shows from the past year too. So if you're curious what we've been doing, uh, you can go down and see all the art that was in each show. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And will all three of you be there tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Well, we, we look forward to that. We look forward to seeing you there. Jenny and I will be there, and we yes. encourage people to participate. Yes. And, um, yeah, speaking of archives, um, as you are aware, I had told you I had a radio show of my own. Oh, on, yeah. On Austin. Yeah. Um, I have, I, I, so since being there, I, quote, unquote, revived the show as a home recording. Good. Uh, back in October. So I have a handful of episodes up, um, most currently, one from the beginning of the month and um, I'm going to have it go for maybe a, a few more installments okay. um, and until I reach uh, episode 50. So um, those can be listened to on, it's a, it's a music variety show. Okay. And um, it's on mixcloud.com forward slash eclectic arrangements. Oh, I like the name. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks. And um, we only left out, for the show tonight, that the admission is a sliding scale, five to ten dollars. Oh, okay. okay. I bought our tickets online. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that do. was an option as well on Eventbrite. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're all going to be there uh, tonight. Uh, that is wonderful. Of course, Abner the second and uh, Regals will be playing. Who's go- who's going on? What what's the order? Is... Um, it's Abner first. Okay, and, and then Regals. Uh, and Abner will be joined by a drummer tonight. He oh, won't cool. just be solo. So. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Very interesting. I Very like good. It. Very good. Well, Mix it up. Yes, as yes. As Easy G would say. 
Oh, that's right. Our yes. friend EZG. I'm surprised he, hasn't, surprised he hasn't called. I know. I missed you, EZG. Where are you? <laughs> well, thank you, all three of you, for coming in. Nick and Chloe, wonderful to meet you. And Derek, of course, always nice to see you, my friend. Thanks, Matt. Absolutely. Look, yeah, forward, to, uh, look forward to seeing you uh, tonight. And, uh, yeah, definitely I uh, would encourage people to come down. Uh, Mosaic Art Collective tonight. And in fact, we're going to close out the segment with another song from Abner II and his album, The Audrey at Burns. Uh, this is uh, called Dover. And then uh, Jenny and I will be back. There is more show to come, so uh, don't go anywhere. You are listening to WMNH 95.3. Welcome, everybody, as we enter our number three, Numero Trace of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious, but uh, a little chilly, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, so uh, welcome, everybody. Of course, we are coming to you from our new studios. We are live on this uh, January 20th, 2024, coming to you from our new studios at on uh, Canal Street here, and uh, it's uh, it's it's nice to be uh, in a place that's it's very clean, it's new, it's uh, I like it. It's very bright. I like it. Polly C uh, had a little bit of an issue with the brightness. I like the brightness. but I like the brightness. I, I like it a lot. That, that's actually. the thing. It's kind of a, a running joke on Retro Spectrum Radio because Paul, you know, Paul likes likes to dim he the wants lights. To you know, set the mood. But uh, I like it bright. Uh, I like a lot of bright light. Uh, keeps the, the the neurons firing in the brain. You know it's what I mean? Easier for me to see. Well, there's that too. Yes, it's nice to be able to see things. If my but, eyes uh, being buggy, mm. let me tell you, the brightness of the room is a help. <laughs> So if you are listening live, uh, the studio line is open, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007, if you'd like to give us a call. We still have the same number? I thought we had a new number. I No, I heard we're getting a new studio line at some point, oh. but but right now we still have the... I was just checking. I don't, I don't know why it would change, but I heard, I, I, I think Peter had said something about it might change. Um, but uh, nope, 603-250-6007. Uh, you can also text us at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. Uh, we don't have the uh, Facebook live chat going. We're not on Facebook because uh, I keep having issues with that. But uh, I think it's just Facebook being Facebook. It's being glitchy. Only for everybody but Peter. Well, that's the thing. So Peter has the magic touch. Paul uh, wasn't able to, to get into Facebook last night. And then this morning, Peter was here. Uh, to let us in and do a few things and he had no problem but then i had the same issue paul did so we're not we're not on uh facebook at the moment but but you can stream it you know go to wmnhradio.org and click listen live or you can always go to my website mattconnerton.com that'll also get you there um so you can stream the audio from anywhere because you know we have a uh, not only do we have a great local audience here in manchester on 95.3 fm but we have a lot of people who listen online from uh, around the country and across the globe, or across the country and around the globe, I guess would be more accurate. Unless you're, uh, I, I guess if you're a flat earther, 
you would say across, well, you wouldn't say across the globe, you would say what, across the, uh, across the, uh, the plane, the what? Potomac? Uh, uh, no, I don't uh, think so. Merrimack that's, River? Uh, that, that's getting very specific. But uh, anyway, water. but uh, you can uh, you can no. listen okay, uh, many different ways. Fine. <laughs> fine, take all the fun. And uh, thank you, by the way. Uh, we had uh, to uh, Chloe and Nick and uh, Derek Smith, of course, who I think is going to be rejoining us uh, shortly. Uh, I love that they got the to be the hour. first guests. But uh, yes, from the Mosaic Art Co- Mosaic Art Collective, yeah. and uh, come down and say hello. Jenny and I will be there tonight for the show. Uh, it is on. Uh, it's right above the. Um, Rex palace theater or palace palace theater i think it's the palace on uh, hanover street uh yeah uh, check it check out uh mosaic art collective online great show tonight abner the second and regals will be performing live and jenny and i will be there come down and say hello it's a great place um so we'd love to see you there uh, yep, for the show tonight 66 hanover street Suite there you go 201 doors are opening at 7 p.m and they were our first in studio guests uh on the uh in the new uh studio here in the new location um, typically, you know, we do, since we've gone to Saturdays and doing these three hour shows, uh, we usually have very busy shows, very stacked with, uh, you know, different guests in each hour and whatnot. But because it's our first show in our new environs, uh, we decided, well, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll just have uh, limited, uh, guests, uh, just to kind of make sure that everything goes smoothly here now that we're, uh, we're in the new place, but we have a lot of exciting musical guests uh, coming up in the in the weeks yeah. uh, approaching, and uh, it's going to be really good. So, so I'm digging it. I like the new place. Um, like I said, it's nice. You know, everything's clean and new. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah. I really do. And it's it's I don't know. It's special. You're not like mm. hidden in a building somewhere. You are the building. The thing is too, and I I can't remember if I said this. I, I've said it off air. I've made this observation. I don't remember if I said it on air on Paul's show, but this is kind of like a one of those magic buildings. And what I mean by that is you look at it from the outside and it looks kind of small. And then you get inside the building and it's like big, <laughs> you know, like there's so much more space in this building than I thought there was. It just looks small from the outside. Um, I remember when I first found out we were going to be moving here and I was like, that that tiny little building, we're going to be moving there. But then you get inside here and it's like, uh, seriously, it's, it's actually quite large. It is, <laughs> it is way bigger on the inside. Like this is actually one of those situations where it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it does. It looks super small from the outside. Like, I know that we were like, Oh my God, it's going to be a closet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's a great space. Yeah, absolutely. And it has a fan on the ceiling and I love that. Can I just say I love that we'll be able to circulate the air in here in the summer? True. Oh yeah. my, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is. That Instead is of nice. opening the uh, third story windows in the hall, in the in the, oh, it's like a tunnel of air that goes down Elm Street. Oh yeah, it's Elm like Street. A tunnel it's there. Such a wind tunnel. Yeah. Right. And yeah. if it's not blowing your way, forget it. There's no air coming in those windows. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'll take this. That is true. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, six zero three two five zero six zero zero seven. If you would like to join us. We were talking, so I just found something online because we were talking in the first hour. If you missed the first hour, of course, the show will be up on uh, on the website uh, by 1 p.m. at the very latest and on the podcasting platforms and so forth, uh, same as always. But we were uh, talking in the first hour about, well, we, we kind of took a little bit of a side street. We were talking about Madonna 
And, you know, she's being sued by a couple of fans because she apparently she exhibits uh, the same behavior that Axl Rose when he was younger and immature used to exhibit, you know, uh, going on uh, very late, uh, making uh, making the fans wait. And so Madonna did a show in New York City and uh, started two hours late. And a couple of uh, fans actually are suing her something. So um, we're talking about that. And. I had, uh, again, we took a little bit of a side street. I was talking about how, you know, before you buy tickets to any kind of a big show, yeah. uh, a major touring act or 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 a mid-level uh, uh, touring act, um, you know, anybody really, you should do just take a, take a couple of minutes. It'll, that's all it'll take you. Just do some light research online. So you know what you're getting into because apparently, so in the Madonna example, for example, uh, she um, apparently has a, a bit of a history of, of doing this, of, of going on stage late and so forth. But the the other thing that I, I talked about, and this is where the side street comes in, is I was talking about how, you know, a lot of bands tour and they have very few original members, or in some cases they have no original members. And I was talking about Foreigner, how um, the, the guy who was the original guitar player now effectively manages the band and still tours with them as a, like a tour manager, but doesn't actually perform on stage. Um, so if you are someone who is concerned about that type of thing, because sometimes you'll see people online talking about how, oh, I went to see such and such band and I didn't recognize any of the people on stage. And then I realized there's no original members or there's one original member or two original members, but the, the key members aren't even in the band. And, uh, and so um, that's more common than people think. And the average consumer, uh, the average uh, concert goer who maybe uh, isn't that invested necessarily, they just want to go to a live show, but it's not, not the most important thing to them, uh, just a casual night out, maybe they don't care. Maybe they're willing to, to spend that money, buy that ticket, and don't really care who's in the band. And I think that the concert industry, to a large extent, depends on those uh, consumers who aren't necessarily informed and don't particularly care to be because it's not that important to them. But if you are someone who's going to be concerned about that, like I said, just do a couple minutes of light research, see who's actually in the band. Because if you're going to feel somehow cheated because you get there and uh, you don't recognize anybody who's on stage, uh, you might feel, uh, you know, well, you could have avoided that. You might feel like, wow, I spent these tickets and I don't even know any of the people on stage. This isn't the band because you'll often hear people, people who complain about that kind of thing. They'll say, oh, this is just a glorified cover band. It's not even the real band anymore. So do some light research. Again, take you two or three minutes if you care before you buy those tickets. So you know exactly what you're getting. So that was a subject in the first hour of the show, um, in the, uh, nine o'clock hour. And then, uh, I happened to find an article, I figured this would be an interesting uh, thing to uh, circle back to. And uh, Derek, you're welcome to participate if you want to. I mean, you don't have to. It's up to you. But you're welcome to. Our friend uh, Derek Smith, he's uh, he's back with us in the studio. No, no, no pressure. But if you have any input. Yeah, <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but I found this article uh, uh, on uh, ultimateclassicrock.com. Uh, uh, bands with no original members. 
So, um, and there's more of them than you might think. So these are, these are, uh, you know, classic rock artists, uh, primarily who are touring, who tour with no original members in the band at all. And this is more common than you might think. So, uh, here's what the article says, as you'll see in the following list of bands with no original members, not everybody can be U2, you know, because U2 has had U2 all their decades of existence. They've never had a lineup change. It's always been the same four guys. Um, that study group never reshuffled bandmates. Uh, oh, that sturdy group, rather. I did think the phrasing was odd, study group. No, that sturdy group never reshuffled <laughs> bandmates. Um, but, but And by the way, off the top of my head, I cannot think of another band that has been around as long as U2 has that has never had a lineup change. Never. Not even for a single what album. What about the Rolling Stones? They've had lineup changes. Really? Yeah, that's not the original lineup. I thought it was. I really did. Yeah, yeah. No, Ron Wood, uh, he hasn't always been in the band. Um, huh. Yeah. What's up, Derek? You all right? Oh, it looked like you were trying to tell me something. That that you, love you, you saying into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah pull that mic up and I'll I'll bring your mic up here. There there you go. I I was just gonna say, um, you know, aside from Charlie Watts, of course, who they lost, um, I I thought that they carried on the members. Um, Ron Woods after Ron Wood. Ron Wood's not an original member. He, yeah, but he's still with them now at least. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the the lineup. I mean, he's been uh, he's been there for so long, but um, but yeah, um, and of course, Bill Wyman left, and geez, like fifteen years ago, Bill Wyman left. Um, uh, I forget his name now. Who plays bass for them now? But um, but yeah, I can't think of it. So I can't think of an example other than you two of a of a band that has never changed members. Um, it says here for some. Changes have been the norm uh, rather than the exception. Blood, sweat, and tears and renaissance, for example, uh, seem to be breaking up as soon as they formed. The Little River Band uh, have been in flux over uh, ever since uh, the end of their hit-making heyday uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, for others, uh, the personnel shifts have been drastic, uh, no one in Blackfoot, which was co-founded by Ricky Medlock in 1969, has a tenure dating back further than a few years. Uh, guitarist Scott Gorham uh, hooked up with Thin Lizzy just before they hit it big uh, with The Boys Are Back in Town, but continues with a group where most of the members joined in 2010 or later. Uh, there are bands like Quiet Riot, Guar, and Rat, which slowly whittled down to their final original member, Kevin Dubrow, uh, Dave uh, Brocky, and Stephen Piercy, respectively, uh, before he left or passed on. Um, let's see, skipping down here. This is a little more in-depth than I thought. Uh, defections and deaths have also altered career trajectories of groups like Heart, The Hollies, and Yes, uh, but they add a wrinkle to things uh, since the current lineup's uh, still most prominent members from their best-known eras, including uh, Nancy and Ann Wilson of Heart, Tony Hicks and the Hollies, and Steve Howe, uh, and uh, Alan White of Yes. Now, Heart is an example, though, of a band where as long as the Wilson sisters are there, I think most people, that's that's all they, they really care about with Heart. I don't think that um, if either of them were to leave, 
uh, I think that um, people would say, well, that's not really heart anymore. Um, part of why this is interesting to me, too, and then we'll get into the actual list of bands that have no original members. But, you know, uh, Kiss is my favorite band. I'm a lifelong Kiss fan. And they and, only have two. And, and right. And with Kiss, it's it's always a discussion among Kiss fans. It's always, you know, these arguments about, well, is it really Kiss without the original lineup? There are still to this day people who say, well, without Paul Gene, uh, uh, Paul Gene, Ace and Peter, it's not really Kiss, you know. And, and you know what that band's doing now um, that they had their quote unquote final tour. Oh, the again. avatars. Yeah. Yeah. Is, we talked speaking about that. Of AI, yeah. Yep, yep. They're, they're doing like the, the digital version hologram. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, when I became a kiss fan in the eighties, uh, kiss was not the original lineup at that point. So it didn't matter to me, to me, it's like, and I think a lot of kiss fans feel this way, you know, as long as Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are there, it's kiss. But if one of them were not there, it wouldn't be kiss. But um but so that's always an argument among Kiss fans. But here is uh, so here is the list of bands that are currently active but have no original members at all. This is from UltimateClassicRock.com, and there's some explanations that uh, go with this. So the first one listed here is Yes. Uh, it says Yes were founded in 1968 by John Anderson, Peter Banks, Bill Bruford, Tony Kay, and Chris Squire. Uh, the latter of whom was their longest tenured member since his death in 2015. Uh, Banks was gone after just two embryonic albums, followed by Kay and then Bruford in the early 70s. Kay eventually returned during Yes's 80s pop renaissance. Anderson remained off and on through 2004. Yeah, and of course, during the 80s, you know, uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart was just a massive hit. Um, a song that I never liked, but I think part of why I never liked it was because I had to hear it constantly and couldn't turn on MTV without seeing the video. Um, but today, yes, uh, for Yes, it says Steve Howe and then Alan White joined Yes as the band was reaching a creative peak in uh, 71 to 72. Creative, not a commercial peak, but a creative one. I personally, I don't like any of uh, any early Yes. You ever hear any early You don't like yes? anything early, yeah? Or, or for yes, no. The early stuff was very prog. You know, it yeah. wasn't like yeah. It's not like the '80s stuff where it's very melodic. The early stuff is like. I'm I'm most familiar with uh, the Fragile album and uh, the Close to the Edge. Yeah. For them, but uh, I I in all honesty prefer uh, Chris Squire's solo album, Fish Out of Water. I've never heard it. Is it good? Yeah, it's very good. It's only five songs, but oh. Um, there's, it's because there's a couple that are pretty long, but really, yeah, as Prague is, but um, it's it's a flawless five songs. When did that come out? Uh, Mid seventies. Oh, okay. Oh, no kidding. Yep, so oh. he he was obviously still in the band as as we said till the end, but but so you probably like the so do you like early yes? You like the Prague stuff? I, I like some of of Fragile um, and Close to the Edge is I think that that title track is all one side of the vinyl. Oh, really? It's that long of a song. Oh, 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 there's a lot to it, but so you probably don't care for the eighties stuff then, right? No. Like, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. Like uh, owner of a lonely heart was like the huge hit. Leave it. I think is a cool song, but I, but I was never, I was never a big fan of any era of yes, really not a big fan, you know, I could yeah. kind of, could kind of take them or leave them. They had that one other poppy single too. um, what was it called? 
Oh, um, they had a bunch of hits. Owner of a Lonely Heart was the big one, but Leave It was kind of a hit. And uh, geez, I can't even remember what else now. But um, but yeah, they were they were massively successful for a while. Uh, the next one on the list is Heart. Uh, it says uh, Roger Fisher and Steve Fossen led several early incarnations of Heart uh, with names like uh, the Army and White Heart. Uh, beginning as early as 1967, long before the first Wilson sister joined in the early 70s. Oh, I'll be damned. Uh, they were then briefly known as Hocus Pocus before things started coming together for the group in the new decade. Um, now, uh, Nan uh, Nancy and Ann Wilson uh, have, have led Hart to multi-platinum success in the 70s before co-founders Roger Fisher... Uh, and then Steve Fawson departed. Contributors like Danny Carmassi and Gilby Clark uh, have since moved through the lineup. Among others, Nancy Wilson announced her own version of Heart in 2022. Um, like I said, though, I, I think generally the, the perception is that as long as the Wilson sisters are there, it's Heart. I don't think most people even, I mean, diehard fans would know the other members, but casual fans would have no idea. No idea. The song I was thinking of of Yes is is also on the the Fragile album. It's Roundabout. Oh, Roundabout! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. that one I don't care for either. It's it's like their pop song from the album. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of like that one. Um, but see that song to me though, well, it's kind of both. Like it's at, I think it it's it's kind of a pop song, obviously because it was a big radio hit. And you'll hear it on classic rock stations, but it definitely has prog elements, I think, too. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of playing it in my mind. And it's like for a, actually, I think it's impressive that a song could have those prog elements, but be successful, that successful commercially. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I'm playing it in my mind and it's like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, the, 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 uh, Oh, that baseline. It's definitely it's a departure verse. from the rest of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Um, now this is an interesting one. Leonard Skinner. Part of what makes this one interesting is the various lawsuits that happened over the years, um, because of course the original Leonard Skinner, half the band was uh, maybe more than half was killed in that uh, plane crash. So it says here, uh, Leonard Skinner was originally founded by Ronnie Van Zant, Gary Rossington. And Alan Collins, uh, with classic era lineups, it also included Ed King, Artemis Pyle, Ricky Medlock, Billy Powell, Leon Wilkison, and Steve Gaines, among others. Van Zant and Gaines were killed in a 1977 plane crash that also left Wilkinson in critical condition, and Leonard Skinner disbanded. Uh, Leonard Skinner reconvened 10 years later after the crash with Rossington, King, Wilkinson, Pyle, and Powell, uh, we're, we're joined by a new frontman, Johnny Van Zant, Ronnie's younger brother, <clears throat> who I would argue technically was actually a better singer uh, than the uh, the older and uh, dead uh, Van Zant, which is heresy among Leonard Skinner fans. But I actually think uh, actually I think Johnny's a better singer. Uh, Collins was unable to take part after a car accident. Pyle soon exited. He got in all kinds of legal trouble, and then King left. Uh, Medlock returned, but then Wilkison died in 2001, followed by Powell in 2009 and Rossington, the last surviving co-founder in 2023. Yeah, I remember there were a lot like 20 years ago, there were lawsuits because Gary Rossington kept the band going and he had effectively taken full control of the band. And um, 
uh, other former members' families were suing him and trying to keep him from using the name, but not successfully. Um, but uh, but then Rossington died. So um, let's see. Little River Band. I don't know if I care about this one. Anybody care about Little River Band? No. I like a couple of their songs, but I don't know if I want to really uh, sit here. I can't even think of one. I got to be honest. Um, they, had a, they had a bunch of hits. Oh, Lonesome Loser is a good song. No, not clicking. What a, what other song? I feel like there's another Little River Band song I like. I can't remember what it was, though, so I must not like it that much. <laughs> uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I don't really care about that one either. Um, okay, Thin Lizzy, because everybody knows the boys are back in town. Uh, childhood friends, uh, Brian Downey and Phil uh, Linnett, Linnott, I'm never sure if I'm saying that correctly, formed Thin Lizzy in 1969 with two former members of Van Morrison's band, Them. Uh, guitarist Brian Robertson and Scott Gorham joined just before the group's 1973 commercial breakthrough. Robertson was eventually replaced by Gary Moore. Linnett uh, also worked with members of the Sex Pistols before then Lizzie initially split in 83. He died three years later. Uh, Scott Gorham began leading Thin Lizzy again in 96 together with co-founder Brian Downey and early 80s era uh, member uh, Darren War uh, Wharton. Uh, yeah, I don't care about the rest of this. I guess I don't care about Thin Lizzy that much. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I got bored. I got bored with Thin Lizzy. Very quickly. I like Jailbreak. Oh, Jailbreak. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool song. Um. Boys are back in town is okay, but it's one of those songs that I've just heard it so many times over the course of my life. I'm sick of it. Like if you listen to a classic rock station for more than an hour, you're probably going to hear "Boys Are Back in Town," and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, true. It gets uh, it gets old. Um, the Hollies, I don't care that much. Iron Butterfly, I don't care that much. Um, Rat, ah yes, round and round. I forgot about them. Yes. Uh, Stephen Piercy began working with a series of precursor bands in 73, one of which was called Mickey Rat. Robin Crosby joined a few years uh, after, and uh, the name was shortened to Rat. That's with two Ts. Uh, their early 80s hit, hit-making lineup was complete with the additions of uh, Warren D. Martini, Bobby Blotzer, and Juan Crucier. By 1990, they'd split with Crosby and Rat disbanded in 92. Piercy, Martini, and Blotzer reunited as Rat five years later before Crosby overdosed in 2002. The surviving four members got together again in 07, but Piercy left once more in 2014. I liked some hair metal anthems yeah. round and round by them and uh, their ballad of uh, 18 and Life. No, you're thinking of Skid Row. 18 oh, and Life is that's Skid, Skid Row. Oh, Skid Row, sorry. Rat has <laughs> a ballad called Giving Yourself Away. Okay. That's I think, actually, what I was thinking of. <laughs> Peter White and I had a conversation, I think, about that song once. Giving Yourself Away, I think, is such an underrated song. It's it's not it's not a song most people think of when they think of Rat, but, um, and I think it might have been their last big radio single, too. Uh, really good song. So today, Bobby Blotzer, who joined about a decade after Rat's founding, announced in 2016... Announced a 2016 lineup that also included 90s era edition Robbie Crane. That sparked a public disagreement. Yeah, this is one of those lawsuit situations that sparked a public disagreement with Warren D. Martini, who didn't want the band to continue without Stephen Piercy. Meanwhile, Blotzer filed legal papers against Juan Crucier, who also had his own rat themed group 
uh, out on the road at one point. Piercy subsequently reunited with Crucier to launch still another version of Rat with all new bandmates. And Jenny, remember I was saying earlier, I was saying in the first hour about how sometimes there will actually be two different versions of a band using the same name out on tour. And that's why it's important. If you care about who's in the band, do some research before you buy those tickets so you know what you're getting or, yeah. what, or, or literally what version of the band you might be getting. Never thought of And you're right. There are times when there are two different concerts going with the same music and different members. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Sometimes... Pink Floyd is a classic example of two different people touring at the same time. Playing the same music. Well, yeah, but not under the but not under the name Pink Floyd. Like Roger Waters, you know, he would do solo tours and still does, I guess, you know, playing all that stuff, but playing Pink but, Floyd. But but as Roger Waters, yeah. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, and and you know, sometimes too the way what'll end up happening is, and I think this happened with Rat, it doesn't get into further detail here in this article, but I think at one point there was um, there, one of the versions of Rat. What 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 ends up happening is the compromise is, I think there was a version of Rat that was technically called Rat featuring Stephen Piercy, and that's how they get around the confusion. Really? Yeah, that's how they get uh. around it legally. You know, Rat featuring Stephen Piercy, or you know, or L.A. Guns featuring uh, I forget the name of the singer from L.A. Guns, but uh, yeah, that's how they get around it. Hmm. That's how they resolve it. Uh, canned heat is on the list. I uh, couldn't care less or, or about, uh, Renaissance. Uh, let's see. Quiet riot. Yep. I saw, I saw these guys, uh, not, not too long before Kevin Dubrow died. I saw them at a, I saw them in, uh, Laconia, um, co-founding, uh, co-founded by a pre Ozzy Osbourne, Randy Rhodes in 1973, quiet riot rose to fame in the early 80s, when Kevin Dubrow, Carlos Cavazzo, Rudy Sarzo, and Frankie Benali hit it big with metal health. Uh, Kevin Dubrow uh, helmed a 2004 reunion uh, before, that's probably the tour I saw them on, before uh, leadership fell to Frankie Benali, who arrived nearly 10 years after Quiet Riot started. Both have uh, since passed. Uh, leaving behind a group that included longtime bassist Chuck Wright and new additions Alex Grossi and Jimmy Peed? Peedy? Peed? <laughs> no idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rudy Sarzo uh, later returned to replace Wright. So, yeah, no, no original members there. Uh, let's see. Humble Pie, I don't really care. Uh, Gwar, I don't really care. Um, so that's the list, <laughs> but, um, what was the Laconia venue? Was it the, the theater that's still there or, oh, I, it, it's a place that I don't think is even still open. Although it might, it might've been the flying monkey. Is that still there? That's still there, right? I, I believe it is. It yeah. might've been that. It might've been, I forgot that. if that was Laconia or new market, but I remember, uh, and you know, and they did a meet and greet after the show and, uh, super nice guys. And uh, uh, Kevin Dubrow's, uh, uh, and I, I know he's passed. I don't say this to mock him. I mean it as a sincere uh, compliment. His hair extensions uh, in person looked incredible. But uh, <laughs> Flying Monkey, I just looked. It's technically uh, Plymouth. Oh, that's Plymouth. Oh, maybe yeah. that's where. I, maybe that's where. They I may saw have moved. It. I don't. Or if that. 
No, I definitely saw them in Laconia. Okay, so it wasn't the flying monkey. I'm not sure now. I'm not sure. It, it was a long time ago. Uh, I saw them with uh, Dan Randall of Dan Randall and the Randlets. Um, how do you uh, how do you feel about that, Derek? Bands uh, touring with like, do you have any? You know, some people just think it's wrong to do when a when a band uh, tours and they don't have any original members. Uh, what do you think? Do you, do you, are, does it bother you? Do you care? Or does it depend on the band? Or I I really it doesn't matter to me. Um, if they want the music to live on, I'd say go for it. Yeah, but the the fans need to be there to back them, obviously. Yeah. That would be lucrative for them. Because I feel like a lot of the time, too, they're they're kind of depending on, you know, people just not noticing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Especially, you know where it's really prevalent is on these package tours that you see where you see, like, um, you see 80s bands where it's, like, four bands and they're all touring at the same time, you know, and they were all big, you know, like, for a while, there was a span of time, maybe 10, 12 years ago, where every summer it would be, you know, Poison and Winger and uh, Skid Row would all be on a package tour together. And, and uh, you know, and of course, you know, Sebastian Bach hasn't been in Skid Row forever, you know. So you, so you know you're getting something that's not going to be exactly what you may have remembered, uh, shall we say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so interesting stuff but like i say you know do the you know do the quick research before you buy those tickets so you know what you're getting i mean if i want to see a cover band then i want to see a cover band right i want to hear yeah. the music cover band yeah just be upfront honest about it like isn't there um like kiss has a sanctioned band that they've always the mini kiss <laughs> the, right Aren't well yeah there is a there, there is a there is a band for for people who don't know Yes, there is a there is a band called Mini Kiss. They are little people, and I guess that's the term we use. Um, they are little people, and they do the the tribute show. But they're 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 allowed to like Kiss is well here's okay a, with it. So interesting. That's an interesting subject. So um, Kiss has always been really good about. Um, because I, I know they have a certain, and Gene Simmons in particular might have a certain reputation, but it, it which, that I don't think is fair. It, it, they've always been really good about not going after cover bands. Um, yeah, don't you want your music being played? Well, for that's people? well, that's the thing. But some, but some bands, some artists will go after cover bands um, and say, "Hey, you know, either knock it off that you you have no right." you know, we don't give you permission to do that or, or, or we'll say, you know, you, you got to make sure you give us a chunk. Kiss has always been really good about that, but there's also a bit of an ulterior motive because during the eighties, the eighties into the early nineties, during the non-makeup era of the band, because remember they were out of the makeup for 13 years during that span of time, there was actually, it was kind of helpful to them in the marketplace. This is something they'll never acknowledge, but it has been acknowledged by people who work with them. It was kind of helpful to them to have bands out there doing the, you know, the show in full makeup, and, you know, playing that music as cover bands because it just, you know. It, yeah, it, it elevated it helps, them. It helps, right. So even though Kiss was not in the makeup, having the cover bands out there did kind of help them. And then, ironically, when Kiss reunited with the original lineup and put the makeup back on in 96 it kind of made the cover bands irrelevant because well now we now we have what the cover bands were doing we have that back so now we don't even need those those uh, or tribute mm -hmm. bands 
The other interesting thing about Kiss, though, is with the the tribute bands, I, I, there are um, different types of Kiss. You know, like you've got the the Kiss tribute bands that just do the standard, you know, show and full makeup and whatnot. But then you've got other, you've got some that are very sort of uh, neat uh, niche. I used to say niche, but I noticed the rest of the English-speaking world now pronounces it niche, so I've tried to adapt to that so people don't look at me funny. Um, I'm going to look at you funny. For example, there's a Kiss tribute band called Reason to Kiss. Really? And they're like this acoustic duo. That's kind of a neat name. They're like this acoustic duo, or maybe they're a trio, I forget, and they only do Kiss songs from the non-makeup 80s era. And Kiss had a song in the 80s. They had a single called Reason to Live. So this acoustic group, <laughs> they call themselves Reason to Kiss, and they but and they only do they only do songs from that era. It's very very specialized, and there's but there's others. There's a bunch of of Kiss tribute acts who who just they work in a very specific, uh, you know. There's there's another one that only does like like the early '90s non makeup stuff like that specifically. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But um, coincidentally, last night I, I uh, shared out on Facebook, you know, I'm a, a big Black Sabbath fan. And that's a band that, uh, you know, during the 80s, that they went through constant lineup changes where um, Tony Iommi was the only original member of Black uh, Tony Iommi is the only member of Black Sabbath who's been in every lineup. Oh, wow. In, in fact, Eric Singer, the drummer in Kiss played in uh, Black Sabbath for a couple of albums. When I was more into hard rock and metal still in high school, I got to see the original lineup as part of OzFest one year. We might have been at the same show. at, was uh, at the, what well, year was, was that? It was, it was Tweeter Center, and yep. then it became the, what, it Comcast? Well, was it Great North yeah. or something? Great Woods initially, yeah. I might yeah. have been at that one, too. Yeah, so we might have all been at that, that yeah. That was like 2000 or 2001? Yep. I think it was the first 2001, one. Maybe? It was when, when Black Sabbath... Reunited. Yeah, and uh, I yeah. In, in my hope dress, I have the little black confetti that yes. had Black Sabbath written yeah, on it. And, yeah, and on silver. I have some of that confetti in my hope black. dress that I kept from that concert. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. My God, we were all at the same concert. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of Kiss, I, I never have gotten to see them, but I did help load their um, gear and, and stage stuff um, at uh, what was initially Meadowbrook and now the New Hampshire Bank of Pavilion. Oh. Did you get to see him when they played there? I was at that show. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I, I did the day load in for that, but oh, wow. I, I left and, and came back to, I was, I was living in Manchester at the time. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yep. I was at that show. That was cool because um, that stage is small for an arena level size venue. Right. That's an unusually small stage. And I was close to the front. So seeing seeing them in full makeup with the stage effects and everything on such a small stage was actually kind of cool because I'd never seen them on a stage that small. And, you know, and, and because, it, because it was so small, they couldn't do the full cause they had a bigger pyrotechnics and they, all they had a bigger yeah. stage set. They still had pyro, but they had that, they had a huge, uh, like a uh, mechanical spider sort of. Okay. On, on I didn't that, remember seeing that on that tour, but they couldn't use it at the, in, in that venue because it, it's small. Oh, okay. But yeah, that was pretty cool. I was getting to getting to see them on a smaller stage like that. Um, it was, that was fun. That was a that was a really good show. Um, My very first concert was the Cape Cod Melody Tent. Yeah, talk about a small venue, and the stage oh. would go around. Oh, everybody really, yeah. sat all around it. It was Shaka yeah. Khan. No, 
That was my first concert. I went there once as a child with my folks um, to see Willie Nelson. I I grew up going to his shows and my dad would get us backstage and whatnot. But I remember seeing the the Melody Tent with the the circular uh, rotating stage. That's like what we were talking about earlier about getting to see artists at the Mosaic Art Collective. Right. You've got that small venue, that personal. Is Hyannis, if I'm not mistaken, is the location. For the Cape Cod Melody? I think so. I think so. Oh, but the thing I was going to say about Black Sabbath is there's a lot of really good, um, there's a lot of really good Black Sabbath that doesn't have either Ozzy or Ronnie James Dio singing on it. Like when Tony Martin was kind of, he was kind of the third man. Um, he, he he did six albums with them and really good. But but there, there was a span of time where Tony Iommi, like I said, he was the only original member in Black Sabbath. And, uh, but, but their output was, their musical output remained, in, in my opinion, very high level. Um, and there's a great book. I can't remember the name of the music journalist who wrote it. Uh, his name escapes me. But the book is called Never Say Die. And it chronicles the history of Black Sabbath from it starts where Ozzy left and it ends where Ozzy returns. And it goes through. I mean, you've got to be a, a, a real Black Sabbath fan to enjoy it because it gets pretty granular. But it goes through in great detail and explains all the lineup changes because it was a real revolving door. I mean, they went through a bunch of singers. They, they, like, they did an album with Ian Gillen from Deep Purple called uh, Born Again, but Ian Gillen only lasted one album, but it's a great album. Uh, you know, like I said, they did a bunch with Tony Martin. They had, uh, they were. Why do you think they went through so many? You think it was personalities? It's weird because when I read that book, I didn't get the impression from it that, because the first thought someone might think is, wow, Tony Iommi must be really difficult to work with. But from reading the book, it seemed to me like Tony Iommi is actually pretty easy to work with. It just seemed like there were constant circumstances around just external things that kept causing people to come and go. Um, even Tony Martin, who sang, Tony Martin sang on more albums than either uh, Ozzy or Black Sabbath at that point. But even he wasn't there consecutively. He left and came back, you know. Ronnie James Dio left and came back. He did two albums. Portsmouth's own. He's from Portsmouth? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dio Dio is from the Portsmouth area. No idea. I, I yeah. never knew that. Another claim to Look fame. Look it up. Oh, wow. Hampshire. <laughs> I'll be damned. I'd like it. I, I had no idea. Well, that's cool. pretty cool. But uh, but I recommend that book for anyone who's interested. It's called Never Say Die. And it's and it really, it's it's a good read. And it just talks about all the, the different lineup changes and, and that it ends with Ozzy's return. I was supposed to see them on, and it was 95, the Forbidden, Forbidden was the name of the album. And uh, they ended up canceling the tour because it was, it, 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 you know, it was a couple of years before Ozzy came back and just, you know, they were, they were kind of dead in the water commercially. It took Ozzy coming back to really uh, breathe new life into the band, but, you know, and then saw them on Ozfest. So, but. Um, hey, I feel like. The, the change up in vocalists may have been attributed to uh, Ozzy's drug use back then too, and just being wild. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why he. They, that's why they had to. What got him? Yeah, that, that's basically. why they had to get rid of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then Dio came in, and I Dio was a strong personality, so I think he and Tony Iommi butted heads. And then, uh, so Dio was there for two albums, and then and then I think after that was Ian Gillen, who only lasted one album, and then probably Tony Martin after that. 
But there even were a couple of other, there were instances where like, I think there was one instance where Tony Martin did the album, but then didn't want to tour. So they hired somebody else for the tour. It's just crazy. It was such a revolving door. Um, I also think that, uh, oh, there was also an album. There was a Black Sabbath album called Seventh. There's an album called Seventh Star that was um, actually released as Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi because it was supposed to be a solo album. And then the record company said, yeah, we changed our minds. We want it to be a Black Sabbath album. <laughs> so the compromise was they called it Black Sabbath featuring Tony Iommi. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I find all that stuff uh, fascinating. So Jenny, do you know offhand uh, who we have next week? I do. I do. I do. We should I plug do. that before we run out of time. We and then we'll uh, let me pull up the right. Where are we? And then what we'll, is today? And then Where we'll, am I? We'll end with uh, talking about what's going on tonight. But uh, yeah, Oops. is uh, Gary Lawrence, is that next week? Gary Lawrence is coming uh, next week. He will be live in studio coming in at the 11 o'clock hour. At the 10 o'clock hour, we have After the Winter. Oh, yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. They were on before. Yeah. So, yes, great will, band. Yep. They'll be in at 10 o'clock and then Gary Lawrence is coming in at 11. Cool. And lots of lots more people coming up. I have Ricky Mapleton's coming in. Yep. Um, some... Let's see, Ray Coates is coming in. Well, he'll be Skyping in. Oh, he'll, yeah, he won't be. That's I a wish long, he would come in. Long way to travel. <laughs> Tyler Allgood, Kevin Horan. Oh, yeah, Kevin Horan's great. Oh, yeah, lots of good. And if you want to be on, get in touch with me. Yes. Ben Coffee. No, that sounded terrible. Yeah, it did. <laughs> J-E-N-N-C-O-F-F-E-Y.com. You can find me there. Yes. Um, and we should remind people too about the hop, the hop knot, uh, officially now is, um, they're closed Sunday and Monday, but they're open, uh, they, they are open Tuesdays now. So they're open Tuesday through Saturday, our amazing sponsor, and they've got a lot of great stuff. Uh, the hop knot NH, uh, I believe is the website and they've got, uh, some great events coming up and, and they're, they're always doing course. good stuff. Of course, of course, don't forget tonight at the mosaic, our collection starting at 7 PM. Collective. Huh? Collective. Didn't I say collective? You said collection. collection. I said yeah. collection? Yes. Ooh, sorry. Mosaic art. <laughs> there is a collection collective. of art, but. Yes. It is. Yeah. It is. So, it is a uh, collective of collection. Aha. Yeah, doors no, at seven. Terrible. <laughs> doors at seven will start promptly at eight and run till about 10. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Jenny and I will be there, of course. Uh, we With encourage, bells on. We encourage everyone to come down, say hello, check it out. It's a, it's yeah. a great place. And. Um, uh, it was wonderful to meet uh, Nick and Chloe, and of course, uh, it was wonderful to have you on today, Derek. And look forward thank to you, uh, thank you. Look forward thank to you seeing for you there. The first one, yeah, the first ones, uh, the, our first guests in the new location. So very good, very good. All right, so we will wrap up. Uh, we're going to end with uh, one more uh, song from Abner the Second, who is going to be playing live tonight, and one more song from the band Regals as well, the other musical artists featured tonight at the Mosaic Art uh, Collective. And uh, yeah, come on down. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great time. And of course, if you missed any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org. And you can uh, also get to it on my website, mattconnerton.com. And uh, thank you all, everyone who uh, joined us today, everyone who tuned in. And uh, wow, I can't believe it. Our first show in the new studio. This is pretty cool. In the bag.
Yes, yes. All right, so we're going to leave you with this. This is called Alley uh, from uh, Abner II uh, to close out this week's Matt Connerton Unleashed, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.